episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Wall Street Titan, a new contemporary romance by New York Times best-selling author Anna Zares. Wall Street Titan is the super steamy story of a billionaire who wants the perfect wife, a cat lady in need of a date, and the case of mistaken identity that brings them together. Opposites attract, but can this last? Author Julia Kent called it fun, flirty, and dangerously hot. If, like us, you can't get enough of sexy alpha billionaires, quirky cat ladies, and flirty meet-cutes, check out this rom-com today. Go to Zares, that's Z-A-I-R-E-S, dot com to get your copy, or find it on the Kindle, Apple Books, Audible, or Nook store. Go get Wall Street Titan today, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. What's up, Lady Morning. DJs? How y'all doing? What's up? How y'all doing? How's uh, your mama and them? Pretty good. How's your mama and them? Mama and <laughs> them. You never, that's, that's like the biggest Southern expression. Everyone will say, how's your mama and them? It's mama like them? one, it's, never it's like one way. whole word. Mama and them. Like your entire family. How are they doing? How's your mama and them? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. My favorite one was when Jeff Foxworthy does and he says mayonnaise. He said, mayonnaise a lot of people in here. <laughs> 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 I say that all the time and every time I hear him in the back of my head you might be a redneck if you say mayonnaise a lot of people in here I'm like, mm, I definitely do that 100% we actually met somebody at um, Indies in Vague Philly this weekend and she knew who I was and I'd never you know obviously never met her before but she was a lady listener she's you know really awesome she came up and said was like hey how's it going and she played it so cool and she was saying something about, you know, whatever. And she was like, yeah, you know, we're, I'm from South Carolina. I was like, oh, me too. And she was like, yeah, I know you're from Greenville. I was like, that's my hometown. She was like, me too. And she was like, I know. Like, she now, it's like, oh, I realize now, like, she knew everything about me. And I was acting like an idiot. And I was like, well, I'm from a small town outside. She was like, I know. And I'm from Anderson. I was like, I know where that is. Like, I was so stupid. <laughs> The funniest thing that happened at Indies Invade Philly last weekend was somebody came to the table and they were like, yeah, we were in a Reading Market or Reading, is it Reading Terminal yeah, Market Redding last, Terminal. last yeah. night at the diner and uh, we told the waiter that we were there, a male waiter, like a man, that they were th- that we were here for the uh, book signing and he said, do you listen to Read Me Romance? Yes, um, this guy said this. A guy waiter, his name is, shout out to, uh, uh, was it Corey? I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. It definitely started with the C. If your uh, if your name starts with a C and you're a waiter at Reading Terminal Market and you listen to the, you listen to this podcast, uh, big hello from from your lady DJs. Thanks for yeah, spreading the he word. Was just straight up, like, hey, do you guys listen? And because they told him it was a romance book signing, he was like, well, do you guys listen to Read Me Romance? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and they were like, we freaked out. We were like, yes. It I don't know why insane. we didn't go there. We should have right. gone and stopped by. Just I know, to see. I know. It was incredible the amount of lady listeners that came up and said, "Hey!" Every like, almost I, everybody that came to the table like was like, "Oh, and I love the podcast." That's awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. almost offhandedly, and we were like, "Oh, wait, come back! You're <laughs> you're a lady <laughs> listener for you." But I was yeah. like standing in line to see Melanie Moreland. I was waiting, 
And because um, I was getting a signed book from her. I'm doing a giveaway, by the way, for um, Indies in Bay Philly. I went around to all the Read Me Romance authors and got signed books. So be on the lookout for that if it's not already up. I was waiting in line and I got like several people came over and they were like, I listen to Read Me Romance, I love the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Thank you. Like, I, it was just like, oh, wow, we're best friends. Let's talk books, you know. <laughs> it was just so nice to to talk about like you know, to go to a signing as just a reader and be able to walk around and, and talk to my favorite authors and hug them. And Melanie Moreland gave me homemade cookies. They were so good. I love, I love her. her. I think no, those were for they me. Were not. She said one was, and I was like, she's not getting it. Like, I straight up told her. <laughs> I was like, you can give me a cookie from Melissa. She will not receive it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is on your conscience, Melanie, not mine. <laughs> I am clear. So that was really sweet. And then, you know, there was Aurora Rose, and we got to talk for a while. And Natasha Madison was there. And it just, Sarah and I, oh my God, I got to, or, um, Oh my God, listen to me. Uh, Catherine Nolan, she was the one that was across from Tessa and her mom and dad were there and they were so freaking sweet. They were like these little, just sun shining, smiling, happy little people. Like they were so skinny and short and tiny, like just like her. And they would just look so sweet and proud of her. It was, it was, that was her first signing. Yeah. It was her first signing. Yeah. Was it really? She was, she came, she came last year just to say hi to everybody. And I was like, uh, I hooked her up with the organizer, Jennifer. I was like, you, I was like, she wants to sign. She lives down the street. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really cool to see her like the difference a year makes, you know, having her just be there as a reader and kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. And then watch her have a line of people waiting to, to get books signed. And it was really, she said out, she was saying how fulfilling it was. I'm just really happy for her. So she's fantastic Mm -hmm. and really, she's a really kind person. Mm -hmm. I really like her. And I got to hang out with um, Lisa who, you know, we know through Kara D she helps her out. Mel and I met her years ago. She's so sweet. She was working Tony Aleo's table. And so I seen oh her dress. God, was it not? She looked hot. Right? Like, I saw Tony was that the red table. dress? Yes. Okay, so yes. that was her assistant. I like seen it on Instagram. I like stopped and like scrolled back uh-huh. and was like, oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. So that was the assistant? Because I don't know what no, t- no, Tony, Tony Leo. was wearing the red dress. Tony was wearing the red yeah. dress. Okay. I didn't know Shut what up. she looked like, but I was like, dang, show up as an assistant in that dress. <laughs> no. It's kind of, that's like showing up to a wedding dress, a, a wedding <laughs> no, white. Right? <laughs> no, Lisa was really cute. She was in like jeans and a sweater. She was like, I want to be comfortable. Are these people crazy? Where's my Diet Coke? And I just yeah. love her so much. Um, I saw Tony in the lobby because... So I came down. I had just dropped my bags. The second I got to the hotel, I saw two lady listeners came into, came on the elevator. And I didn't realize that they were both like, hey. And I was like, hey. I was like, these people are really nice. Like, I just said, they're like, we're lady listeners. And then they showed me, they pulled out their phones. They had pop sockets. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Like, I've been here three seconds. This is so cool. And so we talked for a minute until I had to get off the elevator. I was like, I guess I have to leave now. I dropped my bag, and my favorite thing to do in Philly is go to Reading Terminal and get one of the pretzel wrapped hot dogs because it's like, it's like all beef hot dogs with fresh homemade pretzels wrapped in it. You can get these like really good mustards to dip it in and stuff, but I like it plain either way. So I was, I dropped my bags, I went down the elevator, and I was heading to get my hot dog, and I saw Lisa. She was coming up the elevator with a bag of Diet Cokes, and I was like, do you want to go eat with me? She was like, I just ate, but yes. (laughs) <laughs> so we ended up like going and eating again 
But when we were on the way back, I saw um, she was meeting Tony at the bar. And so I walked up and I talked to her and she's just like she was so sweet and just so funny and just bubbly and full of life. And I just felt like like I could see a lot of myself in her, like in Tony Leo, like the way she's just like really personable and stuff. I just I always feel good when I'm around her, you know, and so she writes um, hockey, right? Do what? She writes hockey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you remember the time on Twitter when this comedian sort of poked fun a little, not like intentionally, but kind of said something tiny bit condescending about um, her book? No. Uh, and yeah, and he's actually one of my favorite comedians. It's Paul Shear, and uh-huh. he's mar- He's not necessarily a comedian. He's more like a pod. Like, he he does like improv, and he he's an actor. But he's married to like a badass feminist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she probably had something to do with uh, him reading the book immediately and then tweeting about how great it was. Oh, no way. This? Really? Yeah. He read, he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like, I honestly didn't mean to be condescending about this. He read the book and he was like, it was good. He like live tweeted it. Oh, no shit. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. You know him from like the league and uh, all these things. Who does he play on yeah. the league? He's like the kind of, he's got, he's bald. He's got a little gap in his teeth. Paul Shear. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I know who you're talking Paul about. Shear, is that right? Is that what you said? He hosts my favorite podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, How Did This Get Made? I was just talking about it. Oh, earlier. okay. He earlier. used to, if you're, if you're my age, he used to do, um, I love the eighties and nineties on yes. VH1. Do you remember that show? The best show. No, that was the, the best. best show. It was like um, Weird Al Yankovic mm-hmm. and Doug Benson. Tanya all those Harding comedians. was on there. <laughs> like it was insane. Oh, they were so. That was the best show. And then mm-hmm. there was another show uh, on at VH1 at that time called um, the World Series of Pop Culture. Uh huh. Yeah. I actually started a petition to bring it back. <laughs> I fucking love trivia, and I love pop culture and Uh it was one of my favorite shows and i don't know it was like one season of it It so good that's awesome anyways i did i started a facebook group to bring it back oh yeah welcome to read me romance it's millie tayden week am i pronouncing that right mel millie tayden right I don't know. I've never asked her to say I've it out loud. I've never heard it out loud. I've never heard most people say it out loud. But we're here with me. a paranormal. This one's called Winter's Captive. And Mel, tell them what it's about, a little bit what, it, what it's about. It's about a woman that's going to a wedding and she gets a little off track and she kind of gets kidnapped. And the guy who kidnaps her kind of realizes, baby, this might be my mate. I just kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> so Classic. it's cute. It was, I think, Yeah. <laughs> It's all of her heroes and heroines always feature uh, usually a BBW. Yeah, don't they? she's always writing like curvy women and stuff, which I love. And her heroines are always extra sassy and they back talk a lot and they're funny. I like so, her. Sassy. She's one of my favorite for paranormal, and she all of her stuff is in Kindle Unlimited too, and she's got a ton of audio, so you guys can really oh, load yeah. up. She this does way. like all of her stuff is like faded mates, where it's like. The second they see their person, they know, and then that's on. And what I love, and what I love about a lot of her stuff is, um, she has a wide range. So if you're looking for something for an hour or two, you can find a book from her. If you're looking for something that's going to take all day to read, you can find something from her. She does all of it, and she does them all in audio too. So you can even get a short audio if that's all you're looking for. This is like if you've never read her before, you're just gonna you're in so much. Like I envy you because you're about to binge your face off she's got so many good books so many different series like she's got she literally has everything 
So I'm so excited she's on the podcast. We've been trying to, I think we said that last week, we've been trying to get her on here for like a year, but scheduling has just been like crazy for her because she's got a release like every other week. This is, this is her bio. Hi, I'm Millie Tayden. I like, I love to write sexy stories featuring fun, sassy heroines with curves and growly alpha males with fur. My books are a great way to satisfy your craving for paranormal romance with action, humor, suspense, and happily ever afters. I live in Florida with my hubby, our kids, and our fur children, Speedy, Stormy, and Teddy. Yes, I am aware I am bossy, and I'm addicted to chocolate and cake. <laughs> she fits right in here. Yep. I'd love to meet new readers, so come to sign up for my newsletter and check out my Facebook page. We always have lots of fun stuff going on there. So I'll put all those links. I'll give you guys a link to her Facebook group, too. It's actually really active. I'm in it on my personal mm-hmm. page, on my personal account. They're always posting stuff and saying she funny stuff posts, in there. I enjoy that group a lot. She like, deleted scenes and extras in there, doesn't she, too? Like, in her personal face, in her mm-hmm. Facebook group, she's yeah. always giving out good stuff. She's always, it's always going and in there. And she has a new series called the Crystal Kingdom series. And she, I was talking to her about this, the first one in the series called The Fay King. And it looks insane. It looks amazing. So I want to read the blurb to you guys. Jarek Valsis was quite literally cursed in life and in love with no wife to see him through those long, lonely nights and no way to help tame the beast that currently resides inside him. He spent years waiting on his mate with a glowing rock to show up. Seriously, he had, because the prophecy told him so. But when his beast comes out and finds its mate, he may have to forget about that whole prophecy thing, even if it means he has to give up his crown as the fake king. Kaya Cute Stone's life sucks. She has a job with no future and lives with her deadbeat, soul-sucking brother. The only good things in her life are her friends, Jen and Avery. It's too bad the three of them have just been kidnapped with fairy dust. Yes, Tinkerbell-type fairy dust. All Kaya has going on for her at this point is that she ran into the most gorgeous man she's ever seen. He's smoking hot, a little dark and dangerous, and she can't stop thinking about him. Thanks to her love of shifter romance novels, Kaya might be the only person on the planet who can help Jarek tame his beast and keep from killing more people. (laughs) Kaya made this so casually put. Kaya may not have a glowing rock, but she sure is rocking an old, ugly necklace. But is that enough to get her a happily ever after and find her friends? Readers note, this is the start of a fun, action-packed, and smoking hot new trilogy. If you're a fan of fae, elves, and all fantasy creatures, pick this one up. Shifter lovers, never fear. Millie's got a sexy alpha ready for you. So that's exciting. I love that it's going to be, that it like comes out with the three girlfriends in the beginning and you know who yeah. it's going to be for all the books. Mm-hmm. It's a trilogy. I, I like, like that. the women. I always enjoy good friendships mm-hmm. and books. I like yeah. knowing the women. I don't necessarily like knowing all the men at first. Yeah, because I like either. being introduced to them as we go. Because a lot of times the guys like, I don't want to say like, not that I get bored with them, but it's like, I like the anticipation of, oh, who's it going to be? You know, I don't like knowing right away. Oh, well, this guy and this girl are going to be together. I always, I, I never like it when, when it's like three friends and one of them is like, spends the first two books just like going through women, like water. Yes, and then in the third book, you're like, in the third book, he meets his heroine and you're like, yeah, but he's just been fucking people for two books. <laughs> and you're like, kind of like, oh, I don't know. I've probably written yeah. that. By the way, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, you're like and right. No, we have not. Definitely not. <laughs> I have to talk to you guys. I just saw this video this morning about um, this woman did a gender reveal of her baby by farting out blue smoke. No, she put like some. She put blue powder in her butt and she laid down naked on the ground with all of her girlfriends around, and then she farted out the color. <laughs> 
Was this as a joke or is she like, was this a legit I think gender it was, reveal? I think it was her making fun of gender reveals. Oh. It was her way of being like, here's my gender reveal, you know? You guys yeah. have to see that. You have to see. I it's a little know. puff of smoke comes up from her butt and it's the funniest thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is so funny. I just want to know how that works. Like, I'm not, I don't want to shame people for, for gender reveals. But I need to see that. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. It's by the time, I think by the time this comes out, everybody on the internet will have seen it. Okay. So it's so funny. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I'm, not, I'm not hating on anybody's gender reveals, uh, but hers so is definitely. Are your kids old enough to, was gender reveal a thing? It was not. No, I wouldn't have done it. I would have like, I'm like, tell yeah. me now. I like want to know right now. I'm like, right this second. It's not. I don't think I could. definitely not. It definitely wasn't as big of a thing as it is now. I think that just social media, the pressure of social media and constantly having to make everything you do an event has bred this kind of, has created the situation. I think it's fun, you know, and to be able to share that moment with your family, I can see the appeal. I think it would be, would be fun to do that together to be like, Hey, let's all have a party and we're going to, cut a cake or, or whatever you whatever you want to do like I said I'm not shaming people who want to do it no I think it's great that people I, I love that people are so excited about their child yeah and that they want yeah. to share it with everybody it just it wasn't a thing you know when with my oldest you know because that was like almost nine years ago but that wasn't really like I, I announced it on Facebook like I remember looking back at my news feed just a few days ago and I'm like it's a girl we're so excited you know it wasn't like you know we didn't have like a big party for it but I think it would have been fun to celebrate that it just it wasn't a thing at the time uh, it's amazing how quickly trends happen is what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I didn't want to celebrate anything when I was pregnant <laughs> no right I hated everyone I do enjoy seeing announcements though about I love seeing baby announcements on yeah. Facebook it's one of my yeah. favorite parts of Facebook is when somebody will post a sonogram or a little picture of shoes uh-huh. and be like, we're expecting so-and-so in nine months, in three months, or six months or whatever. And it's like, I love that. I fucking love it. My friend had her Makes baby um, last week, the one that I helped throw the baby shower for and stuff that I've been so excited about. So she had her baby last week and she's home now. And she said something, you know, we were talking last night and I was like, oh, well, you know, she has, uh, she has an, uh, an older son that's friends with my daughter. And I was like, well, I'll drop him off you know, after, and she was like, okay, but I'm, I just need to say, I'm really sorry. I'm just not ready for visitors. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, (laughs) you are six days postpartum. I'm not coming in your house. All right. I will honk the horn from the curb. I'll throw up some peace signs. I'll see you at some point. But I know that probably like took a lot for her to say that, you know, that like, Hey, do you mind just not coming in my house? (laughs) You know, like, I'm just not ready to do this yet. Like, I remember, you know, being home after the baby and I just wanted everybody to leave. And I was like, everybody just get out of my face. Like, I need to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out on my own. I just need everyone to leave me the fuck alone so I can do it. Did you guys ever I was the opposite. Really? I wanted my my mom to move in. I remember (laughs) getting home the first day and I'm like, me and Peyton are like both crying. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) my mom's like, I'm coming. And then, like, she's, like, halfway to my house. I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the opposite. I, like, I... I didn't want, I want, I didn't want to be alone. I was scared to be alone. I, I, I don't know Me what too. it was. Like, I just felt like so funny. I, I didn't understand. I didn't know myself and it really helped to have somebody just there going like, 
like how do you feel or like I know like do you feel like shit yeah just (laughs) anything just talking to me made me feel like okay hearing my own voice talking to somebody made me feel better but I yeah my my mom I wouldn't say was super helpful but I, I had some friends that were really helpful and even just like strangers like in Starbucks talking to me um was really nice well that was gonna be my question was what what is something that someone did when you were home from the hospital that meant the most to you or that like you look back and you think like, Oh my God, that was really helpful. Cause I want to do something for her, but I, you know, I offered to make a meal, but you know, her husband cooks a lot for them and stuff. And I, I was like, well, let me know when I can cook dinner. And I know that'll be a while at some point, but I, I don't know. Like I want to do something nice for her, but not, you know, not invade her space or, or whatever. You know what? One of the nicest things somebody did for me uh, recently was they left a takeout menu with a gift card attached to it on my porch. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. That's a good idea. Okay. I, yeah. I was like, I, it, it's it's not like you need permission to do takeout, yeah. but it was like it was like somebody going, "You're doing takeout." Yeah, yeah. And it takes Take that off your, yourself. it takes it off your plate. Like you don't have to go, oh God, we're doing takeout again. Like, uh, Where are we going? I feel like a what shitty mom. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody going, you're doing takeout. Here's some money. Here's a menu. Pick something and order it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's really nice. It's like, um, permission. So I liked that, but also something for the mom, you know, like wine. If she's a, if she's a wine drinker, <laughs> get her some wine, get her a, a Moscow mule kit. Something to be like, here's, you, you deserve this. You can take an hour for yourself tonight. But yeah. there's sometimes things, nothing really, nothing really helps until you have that routine down. Does it? Yeah. 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 I remember my daughter's godfather. He came over the day we brought her home. He came over that I like, we were home like an hour. He came by and he had a car full of food. He had made like fried chicken and corn and green beans and mashed potatoes and everything. And he just dropped it in my kitchen and he walked out. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> like it was, yeah. that was, was on that for like a week. It was like the greatest thing so ever. helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of babies, I watched this uh, comedy special on Netflix called Lobby Baby by with it's Seth Meyers from Saturday Night Live. It was so good. I don't know if you guys like stand up specials. I think what? Leah, you watched it. Yeah, specials, I do. Right? So it was his. It was Seth Meyers stand up. It's his. Yeah, it's his one hour special. Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. He did like Weekend Update. Yeah. And now yeah. he has a he has a late night talk show. It's he's, like the he's late talking late about show or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But he was talking about how his both of his children were born. Like one was born in like the back of a cab and one was born like in the lobby of their building. No yeah. Way. He's got, yeah. Um, his wife would just like start having contractions just and like then they would just speed up, speed up, speed up. And then that was it. But he told this story. I don't, I'm not gonna tell the whole thing, but so he, he, she delivered the baby in the lobby of their building and obviously the fire department and the police are there. <laughs> and, and nobody, like none of the firemen or cops say anything about recognizing him. They don't acknowledge that he's a celebrity. They, like he yeah. doesn't even really know if they know who he is. Mm-hmm. But on the way out, one of the firemen goes, I guess you got your monologue for tonight. <laughs> and I, I was like, I fucking love New York City. I just, that was the epitome of a New York City fireman. Just like not making a big deal about anybody. Like you don't yeah. impress me. Don't give a but shit. Just that little thing. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was one of the greatest, so. That's awesome. I was just going to say, yesterday I went to get new headshots, and then I went to the gynecologist right afterwards, so I... (laughs) 
Did you feel really fresh? (laughs) I was the I said in my Facebook group it was the most romantic annual exam I've ever had. Like I went in there in in heels, a dress, and full makeup. And my hair done. I was like, what was I thinking? Oh my God. Like you were just, you were just done up. Your vagina is nice and and prepped. Like that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Fancy underwear. I just like, uh, oh, and I got a referral for a mammogram is what I wanted to say. Cause I, yeah, like I get that baseline girl, baseline mammogram. They said from 35 to 40, you can get your baseline mammogram. And I was like, okay. And you, you'd said it or Mm -hmm. you'd said it to me before. Yeah. So I did it. I'm going to do it. And good. I just Make feel like happen. that's a load off my mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's just something you want to have, you know, and you don't have to do it again for like another five years after you do it. Cause I don't think you start regularly until you're over 40, I think. But um, unless yes. you have a history, talk to your doctor. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But <laughs> I think like <laughs> once you get your, your baseline done, you, you can wait a few years afterwards. But how often do you go for your like pap smear? I have to go every year because of. Family history. My mom got cervical cancer when she was in her early 30s. I'm, you're supposed to go every year. It's... Not anymore. They'll let you off a year. Yeah, yeah. it's been two years for me. It's come back two years for me. So, so I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, I've got to actually schedule this and go. And I just like... I don't want to go because it's like... It's just time out of my day. But it's also... She's probably not going to have good things to tell me. And so I just keep putting it off. But I think... I have to go next year. I don't think I can wait any longer. And I'm just like. My doctor won't leave me alone if I don't go. Yeah. He'll call me. He'll say stuff to my parents. <laughs> so he's somebody that you see in uh, town? No. Well, he's in this in Kansas City. But we've been at the same. I've been at the same doctor since I was like four. Actually, so the same practice. The doctor that actually used to see me when I was little retired about four years ago and I'm with the young kid now well he's not young he's my age it feels young when you talk to a doctor <laughs> yeah. that's your age or he looks about my age I think I told you guys about him the last time I went he had like a full beard and he was like normally he's like the dorky doctor and I like come in and I'm like whoa <laughs> doctor's cute doctor's cute oh shit <laughs> I'm like, that's gotta go. That's <laughs> not funny. cool. Yesterday when I got home, Pat was like, uh, how'd the headshots go? And I was like, good. And he was like, what, who's the photographer like? And I was like, oh, some guy. It was, I said it was a little weird because it was like a really, it was a small studio and, but he like, she, he like really made an effort to like, not to like give me personal space and to be like really professional. And he was like, oh, uh, what was he like? Was he, how, how old was he? And I was like, are you jealous? <laughs> Oh, that's cute. It's been a while since he's been like actively jealous of somebody. I like that. It was nice. My, uh, this is my favorite time of year. You were talking about beards for my husband because he grows his out usually starting in November and he lets it get longer and I love it. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited (laughs) for you. Yeah. I've been trying to get my husband to grow a beard forever. Ever since Tom Brady had that. Remember when Tom Brady had his, like, maybe about five or six years ago? Yeah. And he grew his hair longer and he mm-hmm. had a beard. And I was like, just do it, please. Like, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're going to get laid more. <laughs> so easy. Won't do yeah. it. Uh, so I have a quick, okay, so one of the lady listeners we met um, this weekend, I was like, what's your favorite part of the podcast? And she was like, I like it when you do the would you rathers. <laughs> So. Oh, I, I forgot know. about those. We haven't done those in a while. For those of you who like only started listening recently, I used to do these really silly would you rather's. So I wrote two. I don't even know how you come oh, up with this either. shit. <laughs> okay. I wrote two. And this is for that lady listener whose name I can't I can't recall. <laughs> I don't think she told me what it was. Okay. Would you rather 
I, I guess Mary, a grumpy werewolf who's only sweet to you, but he has one ringlet of fur in the center of his forehead and he keeps it tied in a red bow. Or... <laughs> the cowardly lion! <laughs> like the cowardly lion. Or an all-powerful vampire who calls you his mate, but he has 20 cats named Cedric, so he's constantly yelling, Cedric! Cedric! <laughs> I can deal with the bow. I'll deal with the bow, too. You guys are not into the cats. Okay. Tessa, which one would you take? Yeah, I can't. No, 20 20 cats. That that smell. Could you imagine the litter boxes? It depends on the conditions. Like, if I have someone... If I have a really big house and they are... Their litter box is a certain distance away and somebody else is cleaning it. I don't know. Oh. You should have said five. That would have made this decision more difficult. I'm not critiquing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Okay, here's the other one. Would you rather a bear shifter who just wants to sleep and cuddle and eat with you all day, but but he... Cho- I know. Her face is I like a little it. kid, like about to say I a bad it. word. She's like, so oh stupid. God, That's why. Okay, a bear shifter who just wants to sleep and cuddle and eat with you all day, but he chews with his mouth open while staring you dead in the eye. <laughs> That's great. That doesn't sound too bad. Or, or a St. Bernard shifter who also loves cuddles and naps, but he wags his butt and pants his tongue in his human form when he's happy. That's kind of cute. I'm going with the bear. Oh. The bear who stares you dead in the eye when you choose? Stare away, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I like that option. I like the second one too. Either one, of them I'd be okay with. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be disappointed in either. Yeah, I'd have to go with the bear what too. About you, Tessa. Okay, uh, so we're gonna go ahead and play the uh, first installment of Winners Captive by Millie Tayden. And when we come back, we'll tell you about new releases and what Millie's giving away on ReadMeRomance.com. So stay tuned and enjoy. Bye. Bye. Winter's Captive by Millie Taden. Read for you by Kit Swan. Chapter One Where's the damn margarita machine? Shailene hollered from Lily's kitchen. In the living room, Lily yelled back, Look on the back porch. There was so much to do before the guests arrived for the bridal shower. She hadn't had time to set up the contraption. One of the women sitting on the sofa moaned after taking a bite of a decadent chocolate ball. Lily, I've got to have this recipe. It's so good. Yeah, Lily replied. I'm really proud of my balls. The group of women broke into a fit of giggles. More wine? Shailene's soon-to-be mother-in-law raised her glass. That would be wonderful. It's not every day your only son marries his mate. Lily smiled and hurried to the kitchen. Shailene lugged in the drink machine and plopped it on the counter. Could you have gotten anything bigger? Jeez, Lil. She'd rented the largest machine available, a three tanks, 12 gallons slushy maker. Are you kidding? She answered. With your in-laws who can drink a five gallon bucket of alcohol and not even get a buzz? Her friend bumped a fist on her hips. That would suck, never having a buzz, 
That's one reason I'm glad I'm not a wolf shifter. Does make it easy for Brandon to be your designated driver all the time. Yeah, but I don't have to worry about that for a while. Shailene placed her hand on her lower stomach. Lily sighed, hating that she was jealous of her best friend. The woman had it all. Tall, blonde, wolf shifter fiance. All the money she would ever need, and now a baby. All Lily wanted. Everything she figured she'd never have. Not that there was anything wrong with her. Well, she had a tendency to be a little bossy. She didn't like being told what to do. She could stand to lose a few pounds, or 20, but who the heck was counting, right? Every female shifter in the room was a long-legged, shiny-haired, perfect-teeth beanpole. Everything Lily wasn't. It was easy to spot her and Shailene's family from Brandon's wolf shifters. Aunt Patty doesn't know yet, does she? Lily gestured at her friend's still flat abs. Good God, no, she'd have kittens, Shailene whispered. Lily laughed at the image. Aunt Patty with her matronly gray skirt that fell to her knees, black pumps, hair bun, and lips constantly puckered in a sour face. Did you call the decorator to order those crystal snowflakes we talked about? Those will look amazing hanging off the baby pine centerpieces. Of course. What kind of winter wedding doesn't include snowflakes? I might even get a snow machine if the white stuff doesn't show up soon. Shailene's face lit up, and Lily groaned. She knew that expression much too well. It had gotten them into trouble countless times as kids. I got an idea. Famous last words. Since you're my maid of honor, Shailene said, I need you to find a snow machine and have it delivered to the lodge the morning of the wedding. Shailene, Lily said, nobody is going to deliver that kind of thing all the way out there. Shailene's lower lip turned down as if she were about to cry. God, Lily knew this look too. It always got her cousin what she wanted. Lily tried to use that trick, but it failed every damn time. Okay, I'll work on it. She was such a pushover with her family and friends. She'd do anything for them. But when it came to business, she was an ice queen with nerves of carbonite. A meek mouse wouldn't have worked her way through the ranks to become VP of the company's biggest accounts. The noise in the living room was becoming alarmingly loud. Lily grabbed another tray of finger foods and a bottle of wine. Someone in the other room called out, Where's the bride-to-be? Get her out here. Lily grinned at Shailene. You're being summoned, favorite cousin of mine. Lily's grin turned into a smile, and I'm glad it's you and not me. Shailene swatted her with a dish towel. Just you wait, you'll find a man soon. Lily snorted, not likely. Chapter two. I swear, Shay, if I didn't love you, I'd turn around right now and go home. Lily groaned into her empty car's interior. She knew she should have checked out this lodge before the wedding, but she just didn't have the time to do the long drive. She had to work when Shailene and her mother came up. The pictures of the place were beautiful, though. Through a Bluetooth connection, she spoke to the current bane of her existence. I've been driving forever here in the boonies, 
and I can't seem to get there. You know, New York has great wedding locations, she grumbled. Running her fingers through her long curls, she looked down at the GPS. It flashed a straight arrow and indicated she still had another 60 miles of driving before she arrived at the lodge. That is not the boonies, Shailene laughed. Thank God the wedding isn't until later this evening. You have enough time to make it here even if there's traffic. Guilt made Lily wince. It was her own fault she was running late. If she hadn't had problems at the office, she would have been at the wedding site yesterday. But when one of her biggest clients wasn't happy, it was her job to get them back to loving the bank where all of their money was deposited. I'm sorry, Shay. I'll be there soon, and it all will be absolutely perfect. Shailene sighed loudly. I know. Brandon is already freaked out because I told him there's no wedding without you. The image of her cousin's big, sexy fiance freaking out made Lily burst into laughter. Brandon was not the type to let anything worry him. Even though Brandon and his friends were extremely hot, she personally preferred a more rugged look. Listen, you and I both know that Brandon is the last person who needs to worry about your wedding. He's got you locked so tightly to him, you two don't even need to get married. Shailene gasped. We do if he wants me to sleep with him again. There is no way in hell my baby is going to be born out of wedlock. An underlying panic came through along with Shailene's threat. Lily rolled her eyes. Their family was old school traditional, but Shailene had already done the chandelier dangling mambo with pretty boy Brandon. The couple's unborn child was a blessing, and when it was conceived shouldn't matter. Relax, Lily said. My makeup artist and hairdresser are here. The woman sounded so excited. Oh, Lily, what about you? Don't worry. My hair is done with the ribbons attached, and my face just needs a powder before I walk down the aisle. Perfect, Shailene sighed. I'll see you soon, my love. Call me if you run into any problems. I'll have Brandon's sexy brothers go get you. Sure, I'll call you in case I run into any trouble. But the road is steady. My hybrid can handle it, no problem. I'll be fine. See you soon. Different voices sounded in the background on the other side of the line. Shailene made lip-smacking noises. Okay, kiss kiss, Lily. I can't wait to see you. The line disconnected a second later. Lily glanced ahead and sighed. The bright, cloudless midday sun beat on the long stretch of empty road. The distance was daunting, putting a damper on her excitement. A thick forest lined the sides of the road, caging her in. There were no signs of life for miles. The warm leather seat rubbed her back while she drove for what felt like the 15th hour. Draped over the passenger seat, her white maid of honor dress lay with no wrinkles. When she questioned her cousin about that particular choice of color for the wedding party, Shailene had flippantly answered that if the next Queen of England's maid could wear white, so could her own ladies. If Shailene could have, she would have copied Prince William and Kate's ceremony. Granted, the whole thing was over the top spectacular. Lily already knew that she would prefer a small gathering with just family and friends for her own wedding. 
Huh, what was she thinking? She'd probably never get married. She'd end up being that old lady with 50 cats. Lily glanced down at her phone, pushing icons to resume her playlist going. The humming of the heater was not filling up the eerie silence enough to help her relax. She pushed the screen, continually taking quick glances back at the road. When she couldn't find the album she wanted to listen to, she kept her gaze on the phone a little longer than normal. When she glanced up, a man stood in the road. She was going to hit him. Oh my God. Slamming her foot on the brakes, she attempted to stop before killing the guy. Bile rose in her throat, choking the air out of her lungs. Tires screeched. Gripping the wheel with all her might, she jerked forward, then snapped back in the seat. The car skidded to a stop in the middle of the road. Her rattled heaving and heartbeat were all Lily heard. Her legs had gone completely boneless. It took a moment to make her fingers let go of the wheel. With shaking hands, she looked out the front window. The man was on the ground, in front of her car. Oh, no. She removed her seatbelt and rushed out of the car, leaving her door open. Cold air surrounded her the moment she left the comfort of the vehicle. Goosebumps broke over her skin and she shivered. The man lay a couple of yards from her car, flat on his back, his eyes closed. She looked at her bumper but didn't see any dents or blood. Lily frowned, looking at the man's body. Sir, are you okay? Her voice trembled. Nothing. The man didn't move, twitch, or blink. Shit, as far as she could see, he didn't even look like he was breathing. Fuck, fuck, fuck. With her luck, it would be one wedding and a funeral. It took her a moment of intense staring to realize the man's limbs were starting to twitch. Popping and cracking noises sounded as if his bones were breaking. Lily's eyes widened. She stared, mouth agape, while the man contorted and sprouted fur. Holy shit, what the, yeah, it was official. She'd watched way too many horror movies because there was no way this man was changing before her eyes. His face elongated. Disbelief held her in place, staring at the man in complete shock. Maybe she'd dropped acid and forgot. His jaw and nose took the shape of a muzzle, and his mouth opened to show canines the size of Shay's teacup Yorkie. No longer caring if the man was injured, she whirled around to rush back to her car. A loud, piercing growl made her jerk to a stop. She glanced at the inside of the vehicle. A second, big, furry creature, which looked a lot like wolves on steroids, was inside her car. How the hell did that thing get in there? She gaped back at the changing beast on the ground. Time slowed. She gulped and watched the animal stretch. Common sense yelled, run. Cursing herself for wearing socks and flip-flops instead of her usual trainers while driving, she ran into the cold, thick forest. Two loud howls pierced the dead silence behind her. The hairs on her arms stood on end, urging her to move faster. 
Heat spread with each rub of her thighs and made it uncomfortable for her to run. Pretty soon they'd be chafing. Damn it, she should have worked out. She should have lost some weight. Fuck it, she should have been there yesterday with everyone else. If she had, she wouldn't be running in the damn forest in flip-flops from some kind of werewolves. Hysterical laughter bubbled up inside her. Saying she was in trouble was the understatement of the century. Breaths rushed out of her, and moments later, her side began to cramp painfully. Clearly, she would be getting mauled to death because she was out of shape. With every step she took, she made promises to every god she'd ever heard of. She vowed that if she got out alive, she'd live better, exercise, eat healthy, and quit eating chocolate. Two loud growls sounded from either side of her. Lily stopped dead in her tracks. It was useless to continue. Her lungs wanted to burst in her chest. She looked at the surrounding trees, taking in the dark bushes, big trunks, and thick leaves. Where the hell was she? Dim light filtered through the small openings between branches. The lack of bright sunlight made the hour resemble evening instead of afternoon. Adrenaline kept her body's temperature high and stopped her from feeling much of the cold. Leaves crunched to her left, and she jerked her head towards the noise. One of the big wolf beasts appeared from behind a tree. He was big. Too big. She couldn't stop staring. Branches snapped to her right. The sound made her turn to see the other animal. Like a spectator at a ping pong match, her head snapped back and forth between the two creatures. Chapter three. Uh, nice doggies? Blood thundered in her ears. Dread spread through her, making it difficult to think clearly. Her temperature shot down to the South Pole, and cold seeped into her pores, shaking her to the core. Lily took a small step. Both animals closed in on her. Her chest rose and fell with each hiss of air out of her lungs. Bones began to pop, first on one and then the other wolf. Seconds later, two tall, good-looking, and very naked men stood before her. Oh my God, shifters, wolves to be exact. The only shifters she ever met were Brandon and some of the females in his family. She'd never seen any of them shift or in animal form. They were damn huge on four legs. She gazed down at each of their crotches. Ah, damn, huge in human form too. Look, uh, you two stay back. I warn you, I know, uh, I know karate and other self-defense stuff. Her gaze wandered from one guy's package to the other. It was official. She was going to hell. You need to come with us, one of the well-endowed hot guys said with a serious frown. Are you kidding me? I've seen every horror movie known to man. Sure, you guys don't look like the usual misshapen, incestuous cannibals, but hell no. Everybody always dies in those movies, and I'm not going to in real life. No fucking way. She folded her arms over her chest and took on a stubborn stance. She had to wait for the opportunity to escape. Right now, she could go nowhere. 
If she showed no fear, maybe she'd have a better shot of surviving. The blue-eyed hottie gave her a dimpled smile. Good God, the man had dimples. The nerve. Cade wants to see you, Dimples said. My name is Corbin, and this is my brother Kevin. Don't worry, we won't harm you. He winked at her. Oh, well, that makes me feel so much better. She rolled her eyes. Seriously, you won't harm me? The bad guy always says that. Didn't they watch horror flicks? Lily had watched enough to know not to go with the bad guy. Come on, just meet Cade. You can tell him how you think we're part of a forest cult that's going to eat you for dinner. Sarcasm dripped from Kevin's voice. Smart ass. She hoped to be back in her car before that happened. Lily lifted her chin and glared at him. If they were going to kill her anyway, why be scared? Whoever this Cade guy was would get an earful from her. Well, unless they killed. If she did live through this, she was going to need a shower and some goddamn chocolate. Pronto. When they motioned her to walk, she swallowed her complaint against more exercise. Lily stepped over dead leaves and twigs with a man on either side of her. She had no choice. Fine, let's go meet the rest of the cannibal wolf tribe, she grumbled. Kevin, who had the same beefy body as his brother, including the nice tan and sandy blonde hair, rolled his eyes. You're quite the drama queen, aren't you? Hey, I resent that. I'm not the one walking around all naked as the day I was born, mister. You could put some clothes on. Where are your clothes, anyway? It's super cold out here and you're stark naked. Besides, I've watched enough movies to know this won't end well. Unease settled in her stomach. She was definitely going to be more than a little late to Shailene's wedding. Corbin, or Dimples, grinned at her. Don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you. We're just kidnapping you. What? She tripped on a branch and would have fallen if Kevin hadn't grabbed her arm. What do you mean you're kidnapping me? I have a wedding to get to. Corbin laughed. We know, that's why we're keeping you. You're not going to the wedding because, Corb. Kevin glared at his brother. Zip it, let Cade tell her the details. Things were getting worse by the second. Lily bit her lip and shook her head. Nope, I really have to make this wedding. She sighed. Okay, let's talk business, guys. How much are you being paid? I'll double it if you let me go. Personally, I don't have shit money, but I have a trust fund. I don't touch it because I hate feeling like I'm living off daddy's money, but if you tell me what you want, we can make a deal. So, what do you say? She looked up at Kevin. She had become so involved in her offer to the men and staring up at Kevin's frowning face that she wasn't watching where she was walking. And damn if a tree root didn't jump up and trip her flip-flop. She glanced down as she stumbled forward, arms outstretched to catch herself. But she didn't fall. Instead, her face was plastered against a hard chest. Two big hands belonging to a large man grabbed her arms. Lily was lifted off the ground as the man helped her gain her balance. A pair of mist gray eyes met her gaze, and her entire body shuddered. Wow, 
Lily didn't know where this third man had come from, but he was formidable, not just in stature, but in sex appeal. Before she had a chance to get her bearings, the gray-eyed man holding her kissed her. Lily was caught off guard by the immediate heat that spread through her limbs. He caressed her expertly with his lips as he drank in her shocked gasp. Using that moment to delve into her mouth, the man's velvety tongue stroked hers in a sensuous calling. Her body softened. Her lips and tongue became active, engaging in the barely controlled mating of their mouths. What the hell was she doing? Some strange guy was kissing her, rather damn well, and she wasn't stopping him. Passion sizzled through her, arousal growing and clamoring for release. Whisper soft, he licked her bottom lip and nibbled on the corner of her mouth. He pulled away and looked at her, his eyes flashing a molten steel. I'm keeping you, and there will be no deal, he said with a husky growl. Chapter four. Say what? Lily jerked in his hold, trying to get loose. Carefully, he lowered her onto her feet. Her legs shook with the weight of her body. Wobbling on her feet, she lifted her head until she was craning her neck. That's when she realized she was in bigger trouble than she thought. At first sight, she'd thought him handsome, but now that she really looked at him, she had to revise that opinion. If this was turning into a fairy tale, he was the big bad wolf, and boy did she want to pet him. Licking her dry lips, wishing he'd kiss her again, Lily did a quick scan of the man with fresh, lust-filled eyes. He was freakishly tall, and she wasn't just saying that because she was damn short at five foot three. This guy was well over six feet. He had enough muscle to make a bodybuilder jealous. What made her want to sigh was the all-over golden skin tone. He wasn't wearing a shirt, making it easier for her to mentally lick his body. Dark denim hung low on his hips and encased what looked to be powerful, thick legs. Jet black chin-length hair covered his head. His square jaw, powerful features, and serious scowl made her breath hitch. An intimidating scar ran from the corner of his left eye down to his neck. It was crazy, but she wanted to lick the length of the jagged line. Butterflies swarmed in her stomach, her blood thickened, and her pussy throbbed. That's what happened when you abstained to the point of desperation. He sniffed and frowned, his gray eyes brightening, and she wondered what the hell he smelled. So she'd run a little, but she didn't stink, did she? Trying to act nonchalant, she lifted her arms in a stretch and sniffed both pits. Nope, she didn't stink. Cade watched the curvy, dark-haired beauty sniff her armpits. He bit back a grin, wondering at her strange action. Word had gotten to him that Brandon's fiance was pretty, but this woman was captivating. Long brown curls framed a heart-shaped face 
with high cheekbones and honey-toned skin. Dark brows arched over amber eyes. Her full lips, currently being licked by a sexy pink tongue, made his cock harden in his jeans. On her head, she wore a floral wreath with hanging colored ribbons. It was similar to brides he'd seen at weddings. Some primal urge pushed him to kiss her when she'd bumped into him. The soft feel of her body had played havoc with his self-control. Her scent had immediately called to his animal. He hadn't expected the hunger inside him to take control, to push him to mate her. Shocking him even more, his wolf was still urging him to do it. In all his years, Cade had never lost control over a woman's scent. His animal growled, wanting what he perceived to be his, his mate. Cade took deep breaths, reined in the beast, and glanced at the woman, the one that was now his. Her breathing quickened, and he could smell her arousal from the moment she'd seen him. The longer he stared at her, the thicker and potenter it grew. It was sexy as hell. How ironic. Brandon had taken his fiance five years before, and now Cade would take Brandon's. She frowned, clearly confused. Then she glared. Hey, hotshot, you done ogling? Interest had his own brows rising. Are you? A lovely shade of pink covered her cheeks, and if possible, she looked even sexier with the guilty look. I wasn't ogling. She cleared her throat. I'm merely noticing that nobody seems to wear any clothing in this place. She glanced away from him, but not before giving his body another full once-over. She rubbed her bare arms with her hands and shivered. It's too damn cold to be walking around like you're at the beach. Don't you people get cold? The Pax cabins were not far behind him. She peered around, curiosity filling her gaze. The animal inside him pushed at his skin again. He clenched his hands into fists and gritted his teeth. The wolf liked her scent and wanted her. Cade was in total agreement. A few hours ago, the plan had been simple. Keep Brandon's woman from the wedding to torture the man. Cade didn't really want a mate. He only wanted Brandon to suffer a bit. But now that he'd seen and tasted the petite brunette, the plan changed. He wanted her for himself. Are you Cade? Her husky voice pushed at the arousal in his jeans. I'm Liliana Rojas, Lily for short. Anyway, I'm late for a wedding. I know who you are. A reminder of the wedding that would not take place made him bark the words out. The answer is no, I am not going to let you go. Her eyes widened and she gasped. What? Her voice rose higher the longer she stretched out the word. I already told your guys I'll pay you whatever it is you want. I really have to make this wedding. No. His voice thundered over the trees, making birds chirp and skitter away. Even Corbin and Kevin had quickly walked off seconds before when they'd heard his voice deepen to a near growl. His pack was scattered throughout the forest grounds, 
Men and women surrounded the area, but she wouldn't see them. When he glanced down at her, he expected her to cower and turn away frightened. She slapped her hands on her hips. You're kidnapping me, right? That means you're going to need a ransom. Don't you know how this works? You ask for money, I get it for you, and then you let me go. She spit the words out through gritted teeth. Fascination grew inside him. She had no sense of self-preservation, or she'd realize she was pushing her luck. He'd bellowed his words, and she'd looked at him like he was being a spoiled brat. I said, you're not going anywhere. Lily took a step closer to him. Honeysuckle, cinnamon, and warm woman wafted up his nose. Once again, his wolf pushed to be let loose. She poked him in the chest with a finger. You don't seem to understand. I am going to that wedding. Now tell me how much this is going to cost me so I can get the hell out of here. Her glare was meant to intimidate, but he found himself enchanted. Raw animal instinct pushed him into action. In one quick move, he lifted and threw her over his shoulder, holding her legs locked in place with one arm. Her sexy ass sat right next to his cheek, and the delicious honey he smelled dripping from her sex made his mouth water. What the hell? Her shrill screech sounded at his back seconds before she whacked him with her fists. I swear to God, if you turn me into some weird cannibalistic meal, I am going to haunt you for the rest of your miserable life. Meal? Oh, yeah. He was going to be eating her, all right. Feasting, in fact. Just imagining her spread open for him to lick and tease made his erection throb. Cade didn't feel even a little bad that he wanted his ex friend's fiance. He stepped over the uneven ground snapping twigs and leaves. Each step he took brought him closer to his bed. Late afternoon light filtered through the branches, and a sense of peace enveloped him. He looked around, noticing heads peeking out from various cabins and around trees. After a slight nod, one that let everyone know all was fine, he continued making his way to his cabin. Put me down, you dumbass, I can walk. And you don't carry people around, you kidnap. Don't you watch movies? Her breath huffed with each of his steps, and she bounced on his shoulder. Lily squirmed in his hold, trying to get loose. He grinned at her willingness to fight. This is kidnapping my way, he growled softly. She stopped squirming for a second. A moment later, her struggles began anew, a lot more vocal this time. You're doing it wrong. She slapped his ass, and a slew of curses quickly followed. God damn it, what the hell are you made of? Iron? He lifted his brows at the colorful words she yelled at him. Cade appreciated her spirit, but he was tiring of the light punches on his backside. Stop. His roar would have made the biggest man in his pack cower in submission. She gasped. Did you just yell at me? I swear the minute you put me down, I'm going to kick your ass all the way to New York. In case you don't know what that is, it's civilization, buddy. People wear clothes in New York. 
Well, everyone except the naked cowboy in Times Square, but he doesn't count. Cade felt a stupid smile slide across his face. The fact that she didn't fear him, something he'd never encountered before, made her all the more interesting. He reached his single-story cabin and opened the door. His home was in the center of a large swath of vacation properties. It wasn't exactly secluded, but it did give him privacy. Wood creaked when he threw the front door closed and walked to his bedroom. Flipping lights along the way, he went straight for the bed and dropped his sexy, curvy, angry woman on it. Lily landed on the bed with a huff. She pushed curls out of her face and looked up at Cade. Her glare turned into stupefied fascination. His muscles bunched and flexed when he put his hands on his waist. Good God. Her gaze dropped down to his crotch. A small sense of satisfaction filled her when she saw he was aroused. Was she already experiencing Stockholm Syndrome? She'd been in his presence for two seconds flat. It wasn't possible, right? Okay. Yes, she was in a bad situation, and the guy had clearly stated he was kidnapping her. At least he'd been honest, right? Oh, who the hell cared? She wanted to get the big bad wolf naked. And not just because she hadn't had sex in months. No, she really wanted to touch this man, feel his body, and glide her hands all over him. Naked sounded really good. She licked her lips, traced his muscles with her gaze, and dug her nails into the soft blanket on the large bed. Cade groaned. If you don't stop that, we're going to be getting to know each other on a much more intimate level, really soon. Lily wanted to say to hell with it, but she didn't know this guy. Aside from being so hot that her panties needed ringing, she didn't know him from a hole in the wall, and that wasn't her style. She wanted Cade more than any man she'd ever been with. Something about him called to her. He had an edge of wildness just below the surface, and she wanted some. Stop what? She sat up and continued to watch him. He stood by the foot of the bed. His gaze roamed over her in a look so hot, her blood sizzled in her veins. Licking your lips like I'm the only meal you've seen in days. His gravelly voice sent a shot of electricity straight to her pussy. She bit her lip, stopping the moan in the back of her throat. He sniffed and licked his lips. God, Lily, you smell good. His voice deepened even more into an almost growl. The sound made her nipples pebble into painful nubs. Her brain short-circuited when he grabbed her by the ankles and pulled her down the bed, making her fall flat on her back. Their gazes met and held. His eyes glowed a molten gray. She lifted off the bed onto her elbows. He licked his lips again. I want a taste. Chapter five. Oh God. He lowered himself onto the edge of the bed between her legs, lifted the skirt of her dress to her waist, 
and groaned. Air rushed in and out of her lungs, keeping her barely able to function. She looked down, watching him gaze at her drenched white lace thong. He grabbed the bit of lace between his fingers and pulled. A soft tear later, and cool air caressed her pussy lips. A whimper, soft and filled with need, skidded past her lips. He raised his face to look at her. Cade. She didn't know what to say, only that if he stopped now, she might go crazy and kill him. Definitely kill him for teasing a woman who hadn't had sex in forever. His lip curled into a sexy, self-assured smile. I bet you taste like cinnamon. He lowered his head and took a slow lick before she could process his words. Mm. He growled into her pussy. The vibration sent a wave of pleasure cascading through her. She dropped back onto the bed, holding the sheets in a white-knuckled grip. Oh, my. He licked her pussy, around her clit, and down to her anus. Fire lanced from her belly down between her legs. God. Cade licked her entrance, thrust his tongue into her wetness, and proceeded to fuck her with it. She moaned loudly. He tightened his arms around her thighs to keep her from squeezing at his head. In and out. Over and over, he propelled the raspy length of his tongue into her pussy. Lily released the blanket bunched in her fists and grabbed the soft strands of his hair with both hands. She ground her sex into his mouth, rocking her hips over his lips. Oh, 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 she moaned, turning her focus solely on the winding tension inside her. He rubbed two digits on her dripping entrance, plunged the fingers inside, and fucked her in quick, harsh moves. He flicked his tongue over her clit, licking small circles over the swollen nub. He twirled his ring finger over her wet ass and slid the digit in. Then he fucked her with two fingers in her pussy and one in her ass. She gasped, the tension drawing much tighter inside her. Cade sucked the small pleasure center into his mouth and grazed it with his teeth in a light bite. She whimpered. She was so close. Cade sucked down on her clit. Lily screamed when a rush of pleasure traveled through her body. She panted air into her lungs, hoping to catch her breath. Loud tearing noises made her snap her eyes open. Cade had shredded her dress. A complaint lodged in her throat. It died when she realized he was fully naked. Thick muscles corded his lower body, and his long, hard cock pointed straight up between his legs. She opened her legs wide for him, and he shook his head in a negative. Get on your stomach, he said. His voice was a deep growl. The harsh tone only served to make her need rise all over again. His jaw was clenched tightly, and his nostrils flared. It was clear he was having a hard time controlling himself. For some reason, instead of being scared, 
she became more aroused. Gingerly taking her time, she flipped onto her stomach, lifted her ass into the air, and smiled back at him. Is this what you want? She watched him stroke the long length of his cock. Moisture gathered at the head, and he used it to lubricate himself. That's when she realized he wasn't wearing a condom. Panic swelled inside. Where's your protection? He continued to stroke his cock, lubricating it with the beads of precum. Shifters don't get sexually transmitted or any of your human diseases. Ugh, why was it so hard to think logically at that moment? She wasn't worried about pregnancy with her IUD, but she'd never had sex without a condom. Was that enough? The question disappeared from her mind when he stepped close behind her, gripped her hips, and rubbed the head of his cock between her cheeks. Hey, whoa there. I'm not so sure about this. Her voice shook. She'd never done that door, and she wasn't sure she liked it. It was one thing for him to work his way there during a sexy session of freakiness, and quite another for him to shove his very large cock back there without a let's get ready to rumble. Relax, baby. I'm not going into your ass, yet. He grinned and slid the head of his cock down until he was at her entrance. Unless you want me to, he added, and drove forward, filling her in one quick glide. Oh my goodness. She dropped her head forward, her forehead resting on the soft sheets and her hands gripping the bedding. He withdrew until he was almost completely out of her and slammed back in. She moaned, grasping the sheets tighter. His cock slammed in and out of her pussy in quick, fluid moves. His grip on her hips tightened. The sound of flesh slapping flesh, mixed with her loud moans and his groans, filled the early evening air. With each hard thrust into her, he pushed her closer to her climax. His moves increased in speed and became more forceful. She wasn't sure what changed, but savageness took over his drives. His powerful jackhammering of her pussy from behind had her seeing double. He growled, dropped over her back, his moves still faster, harder, and with a growing desperation. Bursts of heat rushed down her spine, through her body, and centered at her womb. His rough breaths and low growls sounded at the back of her neck, a harsh panting in sync with her own ragged breathing. Please, God, please. She was ready to offer him everything if he'd just make her come. Perspiration covered both their bodies, making it easier for him to slip and slide up and down her back. He brushed his lips over the bend in her shoulder, a slow flutter over her flesh before flicking with his tongue. I know what you want, baby. I know what you need. He licked her sweaty shoulder repeatedly, his raspy tongue adding to the overly sensitized feeling of her skin. I'm going to give it to you right now, sweetheart. Desperate moans rushed past the dryness in her throat. He pounded her with his cock. Her panting increased with each fluid stroke. His licks drugged her into such frantic desperation. She thought nothing of his teeth grazing her back. 
You're so fucking perfect, Lily. Her breath hitched, and her orgasm rushed toward her so fast she could taste it. And now you're mine, my mate. He embedded his sharp teeth into her shoulder, just as she bucked from the powerful orgasm that shoved her over the edge. She screamed, shaking through waves of release. He was still biting her and grinding his cock into her pussy when flutters and aftershocks slammed one after the other through her. His slick body stiffened above her back, and hot semen filled her womb in quick jerks. For long moments, he continued to jerk inside her. He licked at the bite and kissed the back of her neck. Boneless and exhausted, she lay on her stomach, huffing. Her brain and body had turned to jelly and wouldn't be in working order for the foreseeable future. He lay next to her and pulled her to him until she was draped half over him, her face resting on his chest. I'm sorry if the bite hurt you. She lifted her head and peered up at his handsome face. With one finger, she traced the sexy scar down the side of his jaw. You are some kind of freaky. He chuckled. Are you hurting? It's okay. It hurt a little. You got excited, huh? I've never been bitten during sex, so that was new. A soft rumble sounded from his chest. I don't want to hear about you with other men. She widened her eyes. Listen, Cade, you're like the hottest man, er, wolf, uh, wolf man? Anyway, seriously, hottest man I've ever met. Really, you are. But I have to go to the wedding. They're waiting for me. Things are going to get really difficult for my cousin if I don't show up. I'm pretty important. She stopped and looked at him. I have to go. No. What? She moved to sit up. Okay, so they'd only had sex, but she really thought that he would be more understanding since they had this weird hot chemistry thing going. He folded his hands behind her back and held her immobile. You don't go anywhere. You belong to me now. Belong? Did he really say she belonged to him? Are you out of your fucking mind? Do you know what year we're in? I do not belong to anyone. I'm an independent woman who doesn't need a man to give her permission. There was no way she was getting involved with a man saying things like that to her. I'm leaving and you can't stop me. She tried to shove away from him, but his hold was solid. He grinned, a dangerous smile that made her pussy flutter. Therapy was a definite once she got back home. Watch me. He flipped them both so quickly, she didn't even know what the hell happened. He covered her body fully with his and smiled down at her. What the? Kevin. In the blink of an eye, the blonde, hot young wolf showed up. She gasped. Listen, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking, but there will be no double doggy playing here. I'm a one guy at a time type of chick. I don't do well with too many bats in my face, all right? She glared at him. Cade's body shook above her. He chuckled and turned his face toward Kevin. You were right. 
She's dramatic, but cute. Get some binds. Oh, dear Lord. I like trying new things as much as the next person, but please don't tie me up. She had no problem playing up the whole kinky thing with him if he wanted to, but to get Kevin to tie her up was just wrong. He ignored her and continued talking to Kevin. Do her left arm to the post and then the right. Not so tight that it will hurt her, he added with a frown. Kevin nodded and tied her hands to the bedposts. Then he ordered Kevin to leave. I'm sorry, beautiful. I told you that you wouldn't make that wedding. He looked her in the eyes. Why? What the heck do you have against weddings? The frown deepened. Nothing. He lowered and brushed his lips over hers. The kiss was so fast, she didn't even get a chance to enjoy it. I need to run. I'll be back soon, he said, and covered her with a thick quilt. Are you serious? Cade, you can't leave me here like this. What if she had to pee? Cade, listen to me, we can talk through this. She watched him dress, adding a shirt to his ensemble this time around. Where are you going? This had to be an episode of the Twilight Zone. No way was she tied to a bed and held hostage by a hot wolf. The worst part was, she had the best sex of her pathetic life with said wolf. Chapter six. No, it just wasn't possible. She started to hyperventilate. Her Aunt Patty always claimed Uncle Leo had kidnapped her and had his wicked way with her. Could the same thing be happening to Lily? Did it run in the family? I'll be back in a few. He walked to the bedroom door, glanced back at her with a frown, and then left. It took her all of two seconds to realize he was not going to let her loose. She tugged at the binds, but asshole Kevin had done a pretty good job at keeping her restrained. She looked around, but nothing useful stood out. It felt like forever before she heard footsteps inside the cabin. Darkness filtered through the windows, letting her know it was late. Shailene would be devastated that Lily wasn't at her wedding. Would the event be postponed? Aunt Patty would definitely have a panic attack. Hello? She called out in hopes Cade would finally let her loose. Corbin's smiling face peeked inside the door. Hi. Hallelujah. Corbin, I could kiss you. She grinned. Do you mind helping me out a little? She wondered if he knew why Cade had tied her up and decided to test her luck. Cade and I, we got uh, a little busy earlier and he left and forgot to untie me. Now I need to use the little girl's room, which was no lie. Granted, she wasn't bursting at the seams, but she probably should pee if she was going to attempt an escape. Corbin stared at her for a moment and sniffed. Then he narrowed his eyes. You said you have to go to the bathroom? She gulped. Yes, I do. He sniffed again and smiled. Okay. He undid her ties and took a step back. Do you mind? She held the quilt to her chest. I'm naked. His dimples peeked out and his smile widened. I know. 
He must have seen the shock on her face because he straight out guffawed. I'll be in the living room. Turning on his heel, he walked out the door. Was it really that simple? She didn't think so. Tentatively, she stepped out of the blankets, felt the chill in the air, and shivered. In hurried steps, she went straight for Cade's tall dresser. Going through drawers, she found tank tops and put one on. Then she opened a different drawer. Sweatpants filled that one. She grabbed a pair and slipped them on. The pants were long, so she folded them at the bottom. She pulled the string tight on her waist where the things bunched in one saggy mess. In the next drawer, she found sweatshirts. After she donned one of those, she pulled on some wool socks and eyed her flip-flops. There was no other choice. Cade's boots weighed a ton, and both her feet could fit into one of them. She walked toward the open bathroom connected to the bedroom and glanced around. There was a large window there. Yes. When she was done using the facilities, she pushed up the window and winced. Bitter, cold air slapped her in the face. An involuntary shiver racked her. If she didn't die from exposure, she was sure that Cade would kill her once he realized she'd escaped. Putting both hands on the window ledge, she stepped on the toilet seat and hauled her body up to the window. Finally, when she sat on the edge, she swung her legs over to the outside of the cabin and jumped. She landed on her ass with a huff. Cade didn't want to check the perimeter. Instead, he wanted to go back to his bed and into the arms of his sexy mate. As he walked, leaves crunched under his boots, jerking his attention back to the present. The scent of nature pulled the wolf within to be free, to run. Once he was through with checking his land, he'd allow the animal to roam. We are supposed to be on vacation, Cade. You're not supposed to be working, Alpha. Kevin's exasperated voice reminded him. This isn't technically working, Kevin. The cabins are our winter break. You know the entire pack looks forward to spending time outdoors. He glanced around his property, glad to see his pack members enjoying their break from city life. I understand, but- No buts. I found my mate, and I intend to enjoy our break from the city with her by my side. He smiled, remembering Lily's sharp tongue and strange sense of humor. I want to get to know her better. Kevin nodded at some of the children looking out from the bedroom windows. I don't think she knows who you are. Shock laced his words. Cade wasn't surprised. Why would she? I'm not in the public eye like my father used to be. I understand, Alpha, but you're Cade Winters. Everyone knows you. Everyone in the financial world, maybe. He highly doubted his new mate had a clue with whom she'd gotten herself attached to. It made her all the more appealing. People either did his bidding because of his money or because of his status in the pack. So far, Liliana had argued with him at every available chance, and he enjoyed every second of it. Small flakes started falling from the sky. Snow, but it was clear all day, Kevin groaned. His enforcer hated the white stuff. For Cade, Nothing beat the sight of freshly fallen snow covering a forest in untouched beauty.
It made the world look like a painting. Stop grumbling. Let's finish this before I go crazy thinking about how angry Lily must be by now. I did leave her under warm blankets in a heated cabin. It was small comfort considering she was tied up. He hadn't enjoyed that part, but it felt necessary at the time. Did you tell Corbin she has to stay tied up? Kevin's worried frown made his stomach clench. I've been with you this entire time. I haven't seen him since we got Brandon's wife. She's not his wife. She's my mate. He felt ill. Without speaking, they rushed back to his cabin in the center of the retreat. Cade threw the door open with so much force, it came off the hinges. When he walked inside, Corbin sat watching TV and eating a sandwich in the living room. Going straight for the bedroom, Cade shoved his door open and glanced around. There wasn't a single sign of Lily. His mate was gone. He searched room after room. Nothing. Fear lodged its way into his throat when he didn't find her. The bathroom door stood ajar. The window sat open. He roared, a loud, angry bellow that shook his cabin. Corbin rushed inside, his face a mask of worry and despair. I'm sorry, Alpha. She said she needed to use the bathroom. I didn't know she was meant to stay tied up. She's your mate. I could sense your bond. His brother Cyrus and his men were dying to get at him. If one of them got their hands on Lily, he didn't know what he'd do. He ran out of the cabin. Concern expanded the sense of doom with each step he took. When he got to the front door, a group of men had already shifted. There was no need to talk. They were linked, and his fear for his mate was projected out to them. He stayed in his clothes and ran toward the highway, hoping that's the way she had gone. Trusting she hadn't encountered the vileness of his brother or the rogues that followed him, he tried to stay calm and failed. Anger and concern battled inside him. One moment, he wanted to spank her ass until she promised to never leave his side. But in the next, he promised himself to take better care of her security once he found her. Hell, he'd been mated for all of a few hours, and already he was going crazy over the woman. Hadn't his father always told him that it would be that way? That his own mother had run him around in circles. But his mother had never run off when so much danger was lurking. He needed to find Lily. Now. Chapter seven. Lily pushed all thoughts of getting into trouble to the back of her mind and made her way toward the clearing she'd come from. She swore she had a great sense of direction. She hoped it wouldn't fail her now. Cold seeped in through the sweats, causing her to shake and shiver. She decided to jog toward the direction she remembered coming from. Now that she wasn't being chased, she could better trace her steps. Wind blasted the trees, and limbs groaned from the force of nature. She held her hands in the sleeves of her sweatshirts and started to jog back to the highway. She sucked in air from exertion and the biting cold. In the distance ahead of her, she heard a car zoom past. A smile split her lips and energy filled her. Forget walking. She'd run and groan her ass back to her car before anything else happened. 
almost as if the fates conspired against her. She heard a soft growling around her as she neared the highway. Frantic, she looked around to identify the noise. Another growl, then a third, a fourth, and by the fifth, she realized they were coming from straight ahead. She turned around and ran. A growl sounded right behind her a second before sharp blades swiped at her. Heat and pain shot up her leg, making her scream. She stumbled, but found her footing and kept on running. Who were these men? Kate's guys didn't hurt her. They'd never even chased her. The growls stopped after a while, and she wondered if they'd decided not to chase after her. Nauseous from nerves, she found the trees dark and foreboding. Lily lost all of her breath when she looked around her. A pack of naked men surrounded her. I warn you, I know karate, she said for the second time that day. One stepped forward, a tall, beefy-looking man with a face so mean he almost scared her. Except Lily didn't fear anything. That was her biggest weakness. He inhaled deeply, narrowed his eyes, and growled. This one belongs to Cade. The others crowded her, snarling and growling with each step. She figured they were trying to scare her. Her heartbreak took a nosedive when the biggest one's face shifted to show an angry wolf. Taking slow steps back, she tried to keep them at a distance, but they ate it back up with their much larger steps. A loud howl sounded from behind her. She jumped when a new set of growls filled the air. Oh God, it was a turf war and she was in the middle. The moment the men seemed to lose their interest in her to focus on the new growling, she took off. Running for dear life toward Cade's cabin, she tripped on branches and lost her flip-flops. Her lungs burned and every step became an exercise in survival. She glanced behind to see three of the naked men running after her. They quickly gained on her. She tripped, saw the ground rush to meet her face, and lifted her hand to break her fall. The impact never came. Something had grabbed her. A pair of strong hands helped her stand up again. She glanced up into Cade's stony face and clenched jaw. He clutched her arms and lifted her off the ground. Her feet dangled in midair for a second before he lowered her down behind him. Her sweatpants stuck to her legs with a viscous substance. Cade sniffed, glanced down at her leg, and then back up at her. Don't move, he growled. If shit hadn't hit the fan, she would so be leaving his sexy ass alone. But the reality was that she needed Cade's protection. She was not a wolf and he was mighty strong. Those other guys couldn't even compare. Why are you here, Cyrus? Cade asked, arms crossed over his chest. This is our vacation property. I'd almost think you were spying on us. Cyrus grunted. Like there's anything here worth spying on. We technically are still part of the pack. My men and I have every right to be here if we choose. Pack property. The scent of blood reached his nose, his mate's blood. Cyrus, which one of you hurt her? Cade snarled. 
Lily peeked around Cade's arm and stared at the big angry guy who had growled at her. It looked like he wanted to tear him limb from limb. She didn't like it one little bit. The cuts on her leg didn't hurt as much as they had before, but the combination of wetness and cold made her shiver. Cade, I had no idea you had taken one for yourself. <laughs> the other guy laughed and glanced down at her. Cade whipped his hand back and shoved her behind him again. You have no claims of any kind over the pack. I have told you this before. The people have told you before. I will give you one chance to take your men and go. I won't make the same offer twice. A deepening growl took over Cade's voice. Or what? What will dear older brother do? Cyrus laughed a mirthless sound that grated on Lily's nerves. Cade snarled. His voice sounded almost unintelligible. He changed into a large, half-shifted wolfman. Or you die. She's mine, and I protect what's mine. Warmth spread through her when she heard him say he would protect her. They would have to talk about this whole she was his thing, like she was a pair of pants or a puppy. But still, it was sweet to know he was willing to fight his brother for her. Cyrus's men rallied behind him, growling and snarling like a pack of wild dogs. He lifted a hand, and the noises stopped. I have every claim, but I know when I'm outnumbered, he said, stepping back and not looking away from Cade. Outnumbered? Lily and Cade were flanked by well over a dozen men. Some were fully shifted into large wolves of different colors, while others glared at the intruders. The battle line was drawn, and if Cyrus stayed, the odds were against him. The men left in the time it took her to blink. Kevin stepped up to Cade. We'll make sure he stays away from the cabins. Cade nodded, turned, and looked down at her. She wanted to open her mouth and thank him for coming to her rescue, but the vein throbbing on his cheek kept her quiet. Another shiver racked her body, and before she knew it, she was being carried back to the cabin in Cade's big, warm arms. Again. This time, she curled her arms around his neck and dropped her head onto his shoulder. She was too tired to argue. The adrenaline high caused by the escape attempt seemed to have evaporated. All she wanted was food, a shower, and sleep. She was sure that once all that took place, she'd be able to figure a way out of this situation. Lily jerked awake when she lost the heat from Cade's arms. She glanced up to meet his worried gaze. Are you cold? Does your leg hurt? She shook her head. I don't think it was a deep cut but I really want to take a shower, and I'm hungry. She hoped Cade wasn't so angry that he'd keep her from eating, because she was starving. He really didn't want to see her turn into a monster when she was hungry. I had them bring your car. It's parked out front. I brought your bags in. He pointed to a table off to a corner where her suitcase sat. If you promise not to run off again, I'll get you something to eat while you shower. Heat crowded her face, but
but it wasn't like she'd agreed to stay with him. At this point, she'd settle for just a phone to call Shailene to let her know she wasn't dead in a ditch. I agree to not run off if you agree to let me use a phone. She could see he was ready to deny her request. You have to understand, my family was waiting for me. I didn't show up and they're probably worried half to death. She held her breath and watched him think. Fine, but not until tomorrow. Not looking to argue any further, she walked past him to the bathroom. As she reached for the door, he grabbed her by the arm and turned her to face him. He cupped her face with his hands, lowered his head, and kissed her. Not rough, wild, desperate like before. This was a slow, tender meeting of their mouths. A kiss so sweet, she wanted to treasure the feelings he brought to the surface. Their breaths and tongues mingled in a wicked, sexy mating that made her whimper in the back of her throat. She lifted her hands and tunneled them through the soft strands of his hair. Heat curled into a tight ball in her womb and spread outward. Moisture gathered between her thighs, making her slick and ready for him. He pulled back, their faces just inches from each other. Both panted. She watched his gray eyes glow. She knew wildness lay beneath, ready to come out and play. Have your shower, he said in that deep, gravelly voice that turned her on. I'll get you some food. He lowered his head and then nuzzled her lips with it. No leaving, he reminded her. He left the bedroom while she stood there like a lovesick fool. It took her a moment to snap out of her kiss-induced idiocy and pull her pajamas out of her case. Why the heck hadn't she brought any of her naughty lingerie? Because she was supposed to be at a family wedding, not frolicking in the woods with the big bad wolf and an X-rated version of Little Red Riding Hood. So all she had was a pair of snowman pajamas and fuzzy bunny slippers to go with them. Real fucking sexy, Lily. At least she packed her toiletries. She would be nice and clean in case there was to be more nookie with sexy Cade. She stripped in the bathroom and dropped cinnamon-scented dollops of body wash onto a loofah. After the way he'd sniffed her earlier, she knew he liked the scent. She washed and scrubbed her body, taking the longest shower she'd ever had. When she reached the cut on her leg, she was happy to see the blood had stopped flowing and it didn't look as bad as it had originally felt. Once she was dressed, she left the bedroom and headed for the kitchen area. The cabin seemed much larger now that she really looked at it, spacious and very well decorated. Only necessary amenities filled the space. She reached the open kitchen and found Cade at a stove. You cook? He glanced over his shoulder at her, nodded, and smiled. My mother was of the kind that all men must be able to do for themselves around the house. It makes them better mate material. He spooned vegetables from a wok onto plates with two large steaks on them already. Amen to that. Your mom certainly knew what she was talking about. She grinned. One side of the table had been set. He pointed for her to sit and brought their plates to the table. She admired the view for a moment before taking a bite of red meat. 
Mmm, she groaned and glanced up. He'd been watching for her reaction and smiled when she moaned. This is really good, and I love stir fry. A dark red color covered his cheeks. Thanks, he mumbled and started eating. An amicable silence ensued while both ate, but she wanted to know more about what happened in the woods. So, Cyrus, he's your brother, huh? That was lame, but she wasn't going to pussyfoot around when she was dying of curiosity. He stopped eating, put his fork down, and frowned. Yes, we've been estranged for years, but he's recently decided he wants to lead the pack. Lily snorted, as if he could. She saw him widen his eyes and stare at her. I don't mean he's stupid, because he's not. But clearly your people are loyal to you. She sipped her tea and continued. It's true, she said at his questioning look. I tried bribing both Kevin and Corbin into letting me go, with money I don't have. She scrunched her nose and sighed. Well, I do have it, but it's a long story. Anyway, I tried to get them to sell you out and let me go. Neither of them did it. I think Corbin laughed when I suggested it. Chapter eight. Cade watched Lily eat with pride. His mate didn't hold back when it came to eating, which was great because his kind ate a lot. And he didn't want someone who would only pick at her plate and be uncomfortable around him when he ate large portions. She cut up strips of steak into small cubes and chewed on them slowly while thinking. Then she'd sip her drink and voice her opinion. A strange emotion filled his chest. It was the domesticity of the scene. Here he was with his mate, the only woman to connect both with his human and wolf sides, and it felt absolutely perfect. So yeah, I don't think your brother would have much luck getting your people to follow his lead. Besides, she shuddered and put her fork down. He's scary. Something about the way she said it made his hackles rise. Did he do something to you? A deep growl rose from within. His wolf didn't like the fear he scented coming from her. She shook her head, bit her lip, and frowned. No. Both he and his animal wanted to let her know that she would be safe with them. Moving a hand across the table, he held her much smaller one in his grasp. Don't worry, Lily. As long as I'm around, Nobody will hurt you. They'll have to go through me first, and that includes Cyrus. Their gazes locked, an electrical current of arousal swelled between them. She licked her lips, looked down at his mouth, and then back up at his eyes. I know that. For some reason, I'm not afraid of you. I, I trust you. Her words filled him with satisfaction. Of all the things she could have said, those were the words he wanted to hear. He watched a sexy blush sweep across her face. Can you tell me something without getting angry? She stared at his lips again. Did she want to talk or go to the bedroom? His cock throbbed in his pants, hard as a rock and ready to slide into her soft, warm body. 
His heartbeat increased with each heated glance she gave his lips. What do you want to know? Why are you so against me going to my cousin's wedding? Or is it the whole winter wedding thing you've got a problem with? For a moment, her words didn't register, until he replayed them in slow motion. Her cousin? His breathing faltered. Are you okay? You look kind of pale, she asked, a worried frown covering her face. He nodded. I'm fine. They grabbed the wrong woman? She was never meant to be Brandon's wife? This wedding, what was your role in it? He tried to keep his voice neutral. She smiled. I'm the maid of honor. Fucking hell. He mated the maid of honor. And the bride is your cousin? Yeah. She nodded, and she's probably going to kill me for not being there. Or better said, Brandon's going to kill me. A loud growl rushed out of his throat. What? She giggled and patted his hand. Not in the literal sense. Shailene, my cousin, told Brandon that there wouldn't be a wedding unless I was there. He stared at her, and she rolled her eyes. I'm not there, but I'm not sure if there's been a wedding. Brandon's been dying to marry Shay, so it's probably a big mess right now. Plus, Shay is pregnant, and I know she wants to marry Brandon before Aunt Patty finds out. She sighed. It's going to be one hot muddle. She gave him one of those slow, sultry looks that made his dick swell. So, why did you kidnap me to keep me from going to the wedding? It's a long story. He gulped. The last thing he wanted was for her to realize she was the wrong woman and think he wanted her cousin. Cade's plan for revenge had turned into a disaster. I've got time, she grinned. I'm not going anywhere. No, you're not, he added to appease the worried wolf pacing inside him. He was glad that it hadn't been the fiance in the car, because he wouldn't have been able to keep a pregnant woman without feeling like shit. Lily was another story. She was his mate. Concern over what she might think once she found out the truth made it hard for him to sit still. So he stood and took their dishes to the sink. Then he opened the fridge. The cool air calmed his nerves a little. He pulled out dessert. Oh my God, is that strawberry cheesecake? She stared at the platter with wide eyes. He smiled, cut two pieces, and placed them on small plates. After he put away the cheesecake platter in the fridge, he turned to catch her having eaten half of her piece. I'm sorry, he whispered. This is so good, and why are you sorry? She frowned and licked the fork. He gulped, trying to ignore the raging hard-on in his pants. I'm sorry your cousin's wedding has turned into a mess because of me. She grinned. Sorry enough to let me use your phone now? I said tomorrow. He needed time to figure out how to convince her to stay with him once she realized what he'd done. Brandon was a wolf just like him, and his wife would know how wolves mated. But Lily had no clue.
Oh, fine. She pouted her full lips at him. Staring at him, she licked the last of the cheesecake from her fork. Then she dropped the fork with a tiny clatter on the plate. She stood and walked around the table toward him. Come here, my big sexy wolf. Chapter nine. And that's all it took to make him forget anything other than her. She was his mate, the right woman for him and his wolf, and there would be no turning back. Even if he could change things, he wouldn't. Lily was perfect for him in every way, and he intended to keep her. It grabbed her outstretched hand. She twined her fingers into his hair and pulled his head down. Her boldness sparked a roar inside of him. Passionate urgency spread through his limbs. She licked his lips and rubbed her tongue over his. Blood pounded in his ears as arousal swelled inside him. Ah! She growled at his lips and tugged at his shirt, wanting it off. He grinned, pulled the material over his head. Yes, she moaned. Tracing every line of his chest with her fingertips, she slowly moved her nimble hands down his torso. Oh, baby. He groaned with each kiss of her lips on his naked chest. She licked his nipples, first one and then the other, sucked the tiny bud into her mouth and twirled her tongue on the flat discs. Lily, he groaned. Moving his hands to the table's edge, she silently commanded him to hang on. He watched her lick, kiss, and nip his pecs, abs, and down to his belly button. There, she dipped her tongue into the hole and bit down while gazing up at him. Aroused amber eyes glittered at him. She was so beautiful. His cock jerked as soon as her hands gripped his base and squeezed. He hissed out a breath. He held onto the table's edge so hard, he heard wood cracking. She did a slow pump up his entire length. Then he watched her use the moisture dripping from his slit as lubrication. With one long lick, she worked her way up from his balls, up the throbbing underside vein, and to the crown of his cock. Once there, she licked his mushroomed head in a circle and followed that by sucking his dick into her mouth. Suck after suck, she raised the bar on his pleasure. She jerked and licked with enthusiasm, her lips tight and wet around his cock. He loved listening to her soft little moans when he thrust into her mouth. Sparks gathered at his spine. He drew her off his cock and kissed her swollen lips. Shifting positions, he pulled the pajama top and bottom off her body in quick moves. She leaned back on the edge of the heavy wooden table. Warm, curvy flesh filled his hands when he grabbed her by the waist and sat her on the edge of the table. Lean back, love. She glanced over her shoulder, but no dishes sat on that side of the long table. He watched her lean back until she was held up by her elbows. She peered at him with passion-dazed eyes. He did a visual tour down her curvy body to her glistening sex. She spread her legs wide, 
bending them at the knees and giving him full view of her pink pussy. With a deep inhale, he drew in her scent and growled. Cinnamon and her musky aroused honey filled his lungs. His cock jerked, kneading inside her. Moisture dripped from her slit, crawling down to her ass. He glanced up and caught her nibbling her lip. Their eyes locked. Lick me, Cade. Make me come, she pleaded. Cade pulled a chair and sat down to eat. Her. Her pussy sat before him, spread wide open and glistening. He curled his arms around her thighs, moved her legs over his shoulders, and took a swipe up her swollen pussy lips. She inhaled a sharp breath and moaned, more. He licked up her trimmed curls and sucked on her juices. She whimpered, wiggling her hips in his grip. Unhurried, he licked around the tight pleasure bundle he knew would be her undoing. He swiped his tongue up her asshole and to her sex. Drinking in the honey dripping on his tongue, he plunged his tongue into her. He growled and she jerked. Yes. She panted and moaned all the while lying flat on the table. His cock was rock hard from tasting, smelling, and listening to her. With one hand, he grasped his cock. She grabbed hold of his hair and rode his face. Over and over, he fucked her with his tongue and jerked himself at the same time. Precum dripped in heavy amounts from his cock. Fuck, she was so hot. Moans, pants, and ragged breathing were all he heard from her. Her legs shook, breathing hitched, and whimpering increased. God, Kate, I'm so close. Letting go of his shaft, he held her open and sucked down on her clit. She tensed, shuddered, and screamed. Her body bucked and dripped wet heat over his lips. Oh my, Cade. She shook every few seconds. Pleasure filled him at the reverent way she said his name. He chuckled and stood. She peered up at him with a look so hot, it almost made him come. He lifted her off the table and helped her to her feet. She turned on the table and splayed her upper body over the same spot she'd been lying on. Then she wiggled her ass at him. Fuck me, baby. He held her hips in a tight grip and moved his cock down her wet ass until he was at her pussy entrance. With one hard thrust, he rammed into her. He pulled back and slammed into her hard, again and again. Yes, Kate, fuck me just like that, hard, she demanded. Her pussy rippled with each of his plunges, gripping his dick in a silken kiss. Over and over, he fucked her with more of the animal drive taking control. Her scent, her taste, and her warm body all pushed his control to snap. So good, she panted. He glanced down, watched his cock disappear into her and pull out drenched with her honey. Then he shoved back inside her. The feel of her body was so good, he was ready to come but not without her. He rubbed a thumb over her asshole. 
The puckered hole was tight and wet from her previous orgasm. His thumb slid into her in one easy glide. She propelled back into his touch, urging him to increase the friction. Oh my God, oh my God. Her pussy's hold on his cock tightened. He increased the pace of their mating, sliding into her with much harder, faster drives. At the same pace as Dick rammed, he slipped his thumb in and out of her ass. The move made her body shake, her breath hitch, and her nails scraped the tabletop. She threw her head back and tensed. Her pussy fluttered wildly on his cock, sucking him deep inside. His name, screamed at the top of her lungs, forced his release. Pleasure blasted down his spine to his cock. He jerked inside her slick, hot channel and filled her with his cum. It was long moments later when he was able to move that he withdrew from her body and carried her to the bed. She peered at him from sleepy, satisfied eyes. His heart flipped in his chest. Mmm, come on, let's go to sleep. She yawned and held a hand out to him. He got under the warm covers and held her, loving the feel of his mate's body in his arms. Lily woke with a jerk. There was shouting, and she had no idea why. You stupid son of a bitch. What the fuck is wrong with you? Was that Brandon? Why was he yelling? Why was he here? Others were talking at the same time, and there was a lot of growling she couldn't make out. She sat up in a rush and glanced to the side of the bed next to her, but didn't see Cade. She dashed to the bathroom and winced at the person staring back at her. Oh my God, I look like I've been in an orgy. Her hair was a wild, tangled mess. Her lips were swollen and she had a hickey. No, she had two hickeys. If Aunt Patty saw her, she'd have an apoplexy. She brushed her teeth, washed her face, and fixed her hair. Then she ran to her case and pulled out jeans, a sweater, and boots. Upon leaving the cabin, she was caught by surprise when she saw Brandon and all of his brothers on one side, and Cade and a large group of men on the other. What's going on? All eyes turned to her. Go inside, Cade growled. She lifted her brows at his order. I mean, please, go inside. She grinned. I don't think so. What's going on? Lily, you need to come with me. My brothers and I will take you back to your family. I'm sorry. He appeared genuinely contrite. This is all my fault. I had no idea Cade would stoop this low. He glared at Cade, who just looked at her with a stony face. Something cold settled into her stomach. Stoop how low? She glanced from one man to the other. What did he do? He, Brandon spat, abducted you thinking you were Shailene. She jerked towards Cade. What? Yes, Brandon continued. He was going to keep her locked up so she would miss the wedding. His own sick way of getting back at me. His voice deepened to the growling she'd come to know belonged to a werewolf. She gaped at Brandon as he spoke. 
He didn't get Shailene, so he decided to keep you. Whoever gave him the details obviously messed up when it came to who the bride was. The cold block in her stomach expanded until it reached her throat, almost cutting off her oxygen. Slow steps led her to Cade. She looked him in the eyes for a moment. A worried frown covered his face. Is it true? She needed to hear the words come out of his mouth. Was your plan to abduct Shailene to stop the wedding? He gave a short nod. Anger, hurt, and sadness clogged her throat. Why? What do you have against her? A flush spread over his cheekbones. Nothing. This is between Brandon and I. I already told you I didn't take your fiance, Cade. Brandon growled. You cut my friendship off without even asking me if what Linda had told you was true. She left you, and it was not for me. She left you for an older man who promised her free reign of his money, something you would not do. Brandon barked. Wait a second, she interjected. So you abducted me, kept me here, even after I explained I wasn't the bride, and all over something that never happened? She hissed. Lily, let me explain. He made a move to grab her, but she scurried away from him and toward Brandon. You've explained enough. Cold seeped through her sweater and mingled with the cold residing in her gut. No, you don't understand. Understand what, Cade? That this was a little joke for you? Have a fun time with me because you wanted to get back at Brandon? She gulped pushing down the emotions rising to the surface. Let me tell you something about Brandon. He is one of the most honorable men I've ever met. I don't know who this Linda is, but I bet he never laid a hand on her if she was your girl. That's the type of man he is. You were supposed to be his friend and couldn't see that? She shook her head. What a shame. You lost a really great friend in him. Don't go he whispered, their gazes locked on each other. I gave you the opportunity to come clean, but you decided to keep me here. You didn't even try to tell me why you wouldn't let me go. She took a deep breath and felt her heart break into pieces, a dull ache taking residence in the center of her chest. I can't be with someone who doesn't tell me the truth. He growled. Fine, you want the truth? I'm a wealthy man who's sick and tired of women trying to get at my money. That's the truth. He fisted his hands at his sides. She could tell he had a hard time holding himself back from her. Her heart ached for him. I'm sorry, it's a little late for that. If you would have gotten to know me better, you'd know that I don't care for money. It's not what makes a person. She stepped closer to Brandon. Let's go. Don't interfere, Cade. She doesn't want to be here, Brandon warned. Get your shit right, man. These are people's lives you're fucking with. After her suitcase and things were brought to her, the material felt rough and constricting against her flesh. She wanted to turn and glance at Cade again, but knew it would be a mistake. She walked away and didn't look back. Chapter 10. 
Lily popped a pod into the machine at the office coffee bar and yawned. She hadn't slept well last night with Cade on her mind and in her heart. Sunday afternoon, she had still been in bed when Shailene called. She thought about not answering the phone, but Shay would kill her if she found out her call had been ignored. Of course, Shailene was her happy self. As a newlywed, her days were filled with fun horizontal activities. That made Lily think of her time with Cade, and her heart hurt. She barely had the mental strength to talk with her best friend. After hanging up, she rolled over and buried her head under a pillow. She only moved to go to the bathroom. Damn bladder. How could someone become so easily attached in under a day? It was as if something inside her knew he was the one and wasn't about to give him up. Once her coffee was brewed, she reached for the sugar and stir straw. Behind her, the familiar clap of hard-soled shoes echoed in the kitchen area. Her boss, the CEO of the bank. Good morning, Mr. Kirby, she said, giving him a fake smile. Good morning to you, Lily. How are you? Did he really want to know or just making polite conversation? It's Monday morning, sir, and my best friend got married over the weekend. Oh, that's right, he said. I want to thank you for coming in to help with Timecrest. I wouldn't have impeded on your vacation time if they weren't our biggest client. It's fine, sir. I was able to leave before noon. Good. Was the problem fixed? The controller went berserk when he called me. It was just a transposition error in one of the columns of the upload. After I found it and corrected it, he was happy. He smiled and patted her on the back. That's why I put you as VP of large clients. You solve problems while remaining professional. She stirred her coffee, barely listening to him praise her. For a moment, she thought she was asleep standing up. Lily, are you sure you're okay? He asked. She lifted her cup and blew over the steaming liquid. Yeah, why? She sipped a mouthful. Because you put salt in your coffee, not sugar. She realized that the same moment he said it. She leaned over the cup and opened her mouth to let the contents fall back into the mug. Oh, that was nice, Mr. Kirby said with humor in his voice. She rushed to the sink and scraped her tongue off. She swished water in her mouth and spit it out. Sorry, sir, that was gross, in more ways than one. Down the drain, she poured her drink and washed out her mug. See you in the account meeting, Lily, he said as he walked out. She groaned to herself. It was Monday, and like every Monday for the past several years, the day started with reviewing the large accounts. Making sure to grab sugar packets this time, Lily schlepped to her office and sat behind her desk. The computer monitor showed she had 15 new emails and the office phone's new message light flashed. She blew out a breath and opened the first correspondence. This client had uploaded a file with incorrect numbers that needed to be changed. I hope we can simply delete and type in the right numbers. When had anything been that easy to do? The company had no idea what she'd have to do to fix the error, but that was her job, not to let them know how badly they screwed up, keep them happy. One of her coworkers walked past her door. Meeting in five minutes, he said. Thanks, she called out. Skimming the other emails, she made notes for later. 
With a long sigh, she dragged herself to the conference room. Mr. Kirby welcomed everyone as usual, but started out with bad news. King Range is leaving us for another bank. Oh, shit. They were one of the top five holdings. Had she done something wrong? The air suddenly felt very heavy. No need to get too concerned over it. The niece of the president of the company was hired as COO for one of our competitors. She got them to switch to her bank. When it comes to family, there's usually nothing you can do. There was a collective sigh as Lily and everyone else could breathe again. Though, Mr. Kirby continued, we need to be on the lookout for someone to fill their place. We don't need as many people if there isn't an account for them to work on. If they had to fire workers, Lily's workload would triple with no raise to compensate for it. The last time this happened, she had to arrive early and stay late. Not a fun time. After that, her mind was back on Cade and how she missed him. No, she told herself. She did not want him around if he couldn't tell the truth. One of the account reps raised a finger and the boss nodded at her. The young lady looked at Lily. Miss Rojas, Custom Shift is ready to start their merger. I could use your expertise in making sure I get all the paperwork right. Sure, anytime, Lily replied. Just call or send me an email. I'll review their details to make sure there aren't any surprises. Her knowledge on mergers and acquisitions was another reason she was VP. Few people knew as much as she did about the process. Interning for a corporate raider during college was eye-opening. She couldn't stand the unethical nature of most raiders, but the experience was priceless. She made a note on her pad to review the custom shift file later in the day. Then her brain flowed back to Cade and what to do about him. The same thoughts played over and over. Should she give him another chance or not? Maybe he was just a sucky communicator with a good heart. His people loved him. That was a good sign. But Cyrus's men were loyal to Cyrus, so maybe that didn't mean much. Her pen scratched a doodle that was forming into letters, spelling out the jerk's name. Her side vision caught the person sitting next to her staring at her. Then she noticed everyone was staring at her. Oh, shit. Had someone asked her a question? She sat back in her chair, dragging her notepad to her lap. Sorry, I was writing and didn't hear that last part. Mr. Kirby's lips curled up on the side. Shit, the man was too observant for his own good. Guess that was why he was president. Just wondering if you had anything to say before we adjourn, he answered. Nope, good here. The meeting let out and she bypassed the socializing, instead trudging back to her desk. When she looked at her monitor, she noted five more emails had come in during the hour meeting. All new mistakes she'd have to fix. She dropped her head into her hands. Besides the obvious, she didn't know what was wrong with her. She loved her job and helping others, but she just didn't feel like being there. Her insides felt restless, her legs needing to move. She felt cramped in the office. Jumping up from her chair, she headed for the elevator and the lobby where she could walk around. Downstairs, the line for customer services was long. That was a good thing for the bank and her job. Long lines meant money in the banking industry. 
Opening the entrance door to the building, a cold breeze smacked her in the face. That woke her up. She didn't bring her coat, dumbass, so she stood inside the door, watching the working crowd file back and forth on the sidewalk. Her cell phone rang and she sighed. She knew who it was, but did she want to talk to her best friend? No. What the hell was wrong with her? That was twice now that she'd thought that. She'd never done that before. Hey, Shailene. Hey, girl. Feeling better today? Still tired. This weekend just killed me. Shay snorted. You're lucky it didn't. She was right. Things would have been so much worse if Cyrus had gotten his way. You want to do lunch today? Shay asked, bubbly as ever. Her mind recalled the list of emails and the phone messages she still hadn't listened to. I can't today. Too much is waiting for me. Maybe tomorrow. I'll be caught up then. Why do you sound so down? You were this way yesterday, too. You're not upset that Brandon and I are married, are you? I promised you I'd never let him take me away from you. I love you too much, girl. Lily smirked. Damn straight. You tell him I was here first and I gave him permission to date you. Shailene giggled. Brandon was lucky to have her best friend as a wife. She would be the best mom. A thought struck her, and her stress level shot through the roof. She opened her mouth to voice her worry to Shailene, but then snapped it closed. Maybe it was none of her business, but if Brandon was a wolf shifter, did that mean the baby could be born a wolf? Oh God, she was going to be godmother to a puppy. It'd be adorable though, a round ball of fur and big puppy eyes. Her heart melted, she'd get used to it. She wondered if it had to wear diapers in both forms. She'd never put a diaper on an animal before but she'd never known a shifter before either. And now she was in love with one. No, she wasn't. People didn't fall in love after days of meeting someone. Well, you sure did. No, she didn't. Who in the hell was in her head arguing with her? Oh, damn, was she becoming schizophrenic? Could people just suddenly become split personalities, or did something traumatic have to happen? Well, the weekend qualified for that, so she had a reason. I gotta go, Shay. We'll do lunch tomorrow and catch up. Sound good? Yeah, if that's all I get. Lily pictured her friend's pouting face. You have to tell me everything that happened this weekend. I'm worried about you. She was worried about her too. I promise. See you then. Tell Brandon I said hi. She hung up before Shailene could say anything else. Time to get back to work. Chapter 11 Cade glanced up from his desk at the opening of his office door and stood to welcome his guest. Brandon, thanks for coming. Brandon nodded. Your request said it was urgent. Cade motioned to a sitting area in his office and lowered to a chair once Brandon had taken a seat opposite him. Look, first I need to apologize. Brandon's brows flew up high. Obviously, Brandon had not expected those to be his first words. Okay, what are you apologizing for? I'm sorry for ever doubting your friendship. 
You never did anything remotely wrong to give me the impression that you'd taken my fiancé from me. My only explanation is that I never thought she'd lie to me that way. If she would have been in front of me, I would have known she lied, but she made it a point to call. I was lost in confusion and hurt that you would do something like that to me. He sighed. I was more hurt over you betraying me than her. But I didn't, Brandon said. I held our friendship near and dear to my heart. I was really hurt when you wouldn't see me. When I finally found out what you thought I did wrong, I felt like coming back here and beating your ass just for even thinking about it. But I knew you needed to realize it on your own. He shook his head. Only you never did. And now you've dragged Lily into this. I need to find a way for her to forgive me. Brandon snorted. Good luck with that. From what Shailene says, she doesn't want to see you again. Apparently, you have two strikes against you. The fact you lied, and the fact you've got money. What? Since when is having money a bad thing? Since her father is super wealthy and he's always trying to control her with it? She's got a trust fund, but she won't touch it. She prefers to do without. Taking his money means that he can tell her what to do. Brandon grinned. I heard you tried that a few times, telling her what to do. Didn't work very well, huh? Cade shook his head and scratched his five o'clock shadow. Life must be laughing its ass off at him. All this time, he'd wanted a woman who didn't care about money. When he finally found one, he messed it up. He may not get her back because of it. Adding insult to injury, he'd tried to boss her around enough times, he was sure she wouldn't talk to him again. He was well and truly fucked. What do I do now? Cade stood, pacing the length of his office, and glanced at the falling snow. He wished his mate was there with him, watching the white flakes. He wanted another chance to hold her. He'd played himself and put what he wanted most in jeopardy when he'd lied. And now he couldn't even be near her. Look, I know you mated her, Brandon sighed. But you can't just expect her to get over what you did without giving her some time to think. I'm sure that when her change takes place, she'll come looking for you. And if she doesn't? If she decides that it doesn't matter that we're mates and connected on a much deeper level? What if she decides that she can't trust me? Brandon winced. Let's not get drastic. You can't live your life alone. That would be the result, and you know it. Mates are for life, and if yours rejects you, you know you won't want another. I know Lily. She wouldn't decide to never see you again if she has feelings for you. And from what Shay has been saying, she's been very sad lately. His gut clenched. It was his fault she was sad and upset, and he couldn't go to her and make it better. The stupid plan that had brought him his mate had taken her from him at the same time. She's coming up on her change, Brandon. I don't know what to do. I didn't even get a chance to explain to her that she would turn into a wolf after we mated. Brandon whistled low. That is just wrong. But I will ask Shailene and others to keep an eye on her to make sure she's well guarded when the moment arrives. I've told my own people to guard her. I don't want her to go through that without me. I should be there with her. Teaching her how to go back and forth between human and wolf. 
he growled, exasperated. Calm down. She needs time. Lily is not a person that holds on to things. Once she's not hurt or angry enough to want to string you up by your balls, she'll come see you. She said she wanted to string me up by the balls? If she was that angry, he wouldn't be seeing her anytime soon. And he missed her. He missed talking to her and holding her, kissing her sexy lips and touching her curvy body. Brandon shrugged. She either said string you up by your balls and hang you out to dry or shove them down your throat. I can't remember which she used. You're enjoying this, aren't you? Brandon laughed hard. Oh, yes. I'm glad you apologized, see. I miss this kind of shit. It's not as fun as watching my brothers fuck up their love lives. You're much better at spreading the shit around until there's no way to clean it. Asshole. So that's it? I just wait around until she decides she wants to see me again? And if that never happens, what then? He was never going to survive this waiting game. He was the kind of person who made things happen. Now he was subjected to waiting until Lily decided to forgive him and talk to him again. After he'd told her what to do and pretty much lied, that would be a cold day in hell. Brandon sat back and placed his legs on a glass coffee table. Then you need to start thinking of ways to get your mate back. Because Lily's amazing, and pretty soon, some other man is going to want your woman for himself. Cade growled and stalked off. He needed a drink. He'd been mated for two days and he'd fucked up well enough it had driven him to alcohol. But it was still Monday morning. Once he grabbed two orange juices from the wet bar, he returned to the sitting area and found Kevin had come in the side door, sitting with Brandon. He had a piece of paper in his hand. He tossed a cold bottle at his old friend. You can get your own. You know where they are, he said to his enforcer. He's very hospitable, isn't he? Brandon chuckled. Usually he's a lot bossier, but he's mellowed out since he mated. Kevin laughed. Cade sat down to mope, wondering at the different ways he could appease Lily's anger. I heard Cyrus made an appearance at your cabins, Brandon said. Cade nodded. Yeah, he says he wants the right to the pack. Kevin laughed, as if that's something he could just get. No offense, Kate, but are you sure you're related? What are you going to do about him? Brandon asked before he had a chance to answer Kevin. I've got people on him. He's got two choices. Cade clenched his jaw. He can leave, and I will act as if he never returned. Or, his voice deepened, his animal pushing at his skin. He can fight. Kevin cleared his throat. I don't think it will come to that. Brandon nodded. But that doesn't take away the threat, right? No, Kevin agreed. But it does mean that for now he's got nothing. We'll stay on top of him in whatever moves he makes. Cade leaned back in his seat and sighed, his mind going back to his current curvy, sexy mate problem. All right, so let's think. Kevin said, once he returned from the kitchen with his own juice bottle. You need to figure out a way to get in her good graces. He glared at both men. Was I talking to myself? 
I have been saying that. Brandon shook his head and gulped down his juice. I already told you. I know Lily. Just give her some time and she'll come to see you when she has questions. He took another drink. Or she'll come to see you when she grows some fur and a tail. She'll probably want to know what the hell that's about. Kevin laughed, and Cade realized that he'd missed Brandon. It had been a lonely few years without his friend. But he had bigger problems now that they had worked out their issues. He needed to figure out how to get Lily back. What's the paper for? Brandon asked Kevin. Oh, right, Kevin said, as if he'd totally forgotten he held it. Some people were made for business. Some were made to be enforcers. Martin said to give this to you. Which Martin? Martin, our portfolio manager or the mail director? Cade asked. The stock's portfolio guy. Kevin handed in the sheet. He stared at the handwriting, not sure if he understood the cryptic Wall Street jargon. He went to his desk and brought up the company investment site. After a moment, he said, Brandon, take a look at this. What do you see? Brandon's brows dipped as he stepped around behind a seated Cade and studied the charts and numbers on the monitor. He waited as his friend drew the same conclusion he had. What the fuck? Someone has nearly purchased enough stock to have a controlling interest in Winter's Financial? Who the hell has that kind of money? And why? His watch alarm beeped, reminding him of the Monday morning board meeting. Knitting his fingers together and resting his chin on them, he gave this a quick thought. Indeed, who had that kind of money lying around? He stood. Let's keep this between us right now. We don't need the board or anyone jumping to conclusions. This might not be what it seems. Brandon, get with Martin and see what you can find out. I want names and phone numbers. You got it. His friend left taking Kevin with him. Fuck, what the hell was going on now? He didn't need this. He wanted to focus on his mate. Chapter 12. Cade sat at the end of the table in the boardroom, his mind on his mate and not the conversation of the members. When voices stopped, his wolf told him others were staring at him, he leaned forward in the chair. Sorry, where were we? Nathaniel, one of the grumpy members, answered. We heard you found your mate. By your apparent lack of interest in the group, I assume that is true. Cade frowned. Nate had always been a pain in the ass, even for his dad. He would have loved to bring in a new member, someone who was more with the changing times and understood the new ways business was being done but out of respect for his elders, he kept his mouth shut, since his presence hadn't hurt the company in any way. Yes, Nathaniel, this weekend I met her on the way to a friend's wedding. Wonderful, Mabel replied. Will you be introducing her to the pack soon? Cade scrubbed his fingers through his hair. Well, we're having issues at the moment. What kind of issues? Nathaniel asked. The hostility in the older man's voice was subtle. That is between me and her, not any of your concern. It is our concern if this affects the pack, Nathaniel shot back. 
If she is to be the alpha female, then she needs to take her place immediately. His frown morphed into a scowl. Don't worry about my mate or my pack. I have them both under control. Nathaniel raised a brow but said nothing, which was a good call on his part. Cade was quickly losing patience. The next item on the agenda was brought up and the meeting continued. When his phone vibrated in his pocket, he slipped it out and held it in his lap. Bank Core is buyer, Brandon sent. Cade had heard the name but wasn't familiar with their company. Who owns it? Sam Coke's widow. As in Coke Enterprise? Yup. Well, shit. What the fuck would Coke want with them? Bancor is big on the East Coast. Winters had most of their branches on the West Coast. Anything else? Cade asked. I happen to know your mate is having lunch with mine today. Cade popped up from his chair, all eyes turning to him. Sorry, everyone. I need to leave. He hurried out, replying, lobby in two minutes. The board would get over it. It wasn't like he didn't know what they were discussing. It was the same shit they always argued over. He was tired of it and ready for a change. Cyrus waited outside the Winter's financial building, tucked away in a busy corner. When his brother came running out and got into a car, he smiled. This was all going as planned. He hurried inside and up to the second floor boardroom where they had yet to adjourn. Before going in, he straightened his damn tie and tugged on his suit coat. He couldn't wait for this to be over. Holding his head high, he opened the door and walked in to gasps from the ten around the table. Sorry to interrupt, he said, looking at faces he recognized, some he hated. But I need a moment of your time. What do you want, Cyrus? Nathaniel said. I've already heard enough from your brother. Cyrus bit his tongue to keep from shifting and biting the dickhead's head off. I've been sent by my employer to negotiate with you. Negotiate what? It depends, Cyrus replied. Either a consensual merger or a hostile company takeover. What? Everyone jumped out of their seats, yelling at each other and him. Fuck, this was heavenly to his ears, and the best bomb hadn't even been dropped yet. He spoke calmly. Would you like to hear the specifics, or should I come back after it's all over? Old Nat's face was a ripened tomato ready to burst. Everybody shut up and sit down. They were slow to follow orders. That wouldn't be the case if he ruled the pack. Cyrus, Mabel said. Please continue. This morning, my employer, Bank Corps, purchased almost enough of your stock to have controlling interests. The table burst into rants and finger pointing. This was a bit surprising. Did Cade not tell you during the board meeting? He asked. This quieted the room. He knew? One of the board members commented. Cyrus shrugged. I don't know if he did, but isn't that the job of the CEO, to know what's going on with the company? 
He's a bit preoccupied at the moment, Nathaniel griped. Really? Cyrus did his best to keep a straight face. He must be busy. In fact, Cyrus was sure his brother was very occupied. Something came up for him, another member chimed in. Oh, how he loved this. So does this have to do with his new mate who has rejected him? Gasps and whispers erupted. Yes, Cyrus went on. From what I've heard, he kidnapped her from her car. Nathaniel stood. He said he met her at a friend's wedding. No, Nate, Mabel said. He said he met her on the way to a friend's wedding. Well, at least my brother didn't lie. Lily, the female, was on her way to her cousin's wedding a few miles from the vacation property when his men intercepted her car and forced her to his cabin. He forced her? Mabel slowly lifted from her chair, brows raised. Cyrus held his hands up. This was getting deep, fast. She is his true mate, and for the most part, she was there voluntarily. I think, he added for good measure. Mabel said to the room, somebody get that son of a bitch on the phone. Again, Cyrus lifted his hands. You can deal with that later. I'm here to deal with his other screw-ups as the CEO. The room came to order. Bankcor, Cyrus said, submits to you a tender offer of $8 above your stock price on the agreement date. And if we reject it, Nathaniel said, then Bankcor is ready to go straight to the stockholders to buy their shares. Bankcor has already purchased much of the needed amount. Only a few employees need to agree for them to gain votes. What is your part in this, Cyrus? Donnelly, a wolf he hated since school, asked. How someone like that bastard could get on the board over more qualified candidates was beyond him. I am but a mere pawn in this, a messenger sent to give and take information. How's that working? Donnelly sneered. It was obvious the man was trying to get the board to look at him as the enemy. That's not what he wanted. In fact, that would ruin the plan. Don, Cyrus said, smiling at himself because he knew the man hated to be called that. I work for a different part of the company. Upon recognizing my last name, the bigwigs told me what they wanted. I agreed to help because Winter's Financial is still half of my inheritance, even though Cade acts as if it's all his. I do not wish for this company to be involved in a raw deal. Believe it or not, I'm on your side here. You're on our side? Nathaniel asked. Since when? Anger rose in his chest. Since always, you old fool. As I said, this is half mine. But I walked away from everything to keep peace in the pack. I did not want to fight my brother and permanently injure him or ruin the family love that I hope is still there. Boy, he should upload this shit for an Academy Award. So what would you propose we do, Cyrus, if you were in charge? Nate sat back and gave him his attention. If I were in charge, 
I would not have let the company be at an undervalued rate as Kate has, he answered. Undervalued, Donnelly said. We're at the price we should be. I'm just telling you what my superiors told me. I don't know anything about stocks, Cyrus pleaded. Just tell me what you want me to say to them. I could negotiate and play hardball on your behalf, but the board would have to give me permission for that. Donnelly lifted his hand. Our lawyers would be present along with our brokers. Cyrus shrugged again. You can have whoever you want there. I'll just be the one to bring everyone together and make introductions. Do you want Cade there? He held his breath, hoping he'd planted enough doubt in their minds about their current alpha. Nathaniel said, if he would take the time away from his disastrous mating issues to show up, he'd fight tooth and nail and turn this into something difficult. Yes, Mabel said. We don't want Bank Corps going directly to the shareholders. That could give them complete control. We need to negotiate a win-win. What do you think, Nathaniel? The man tapped a finger on his chin, staring at Cyrus with narrowed eyes. Cyrus tried to look as innocent as possible, but in reality, he had no idea what that look would be like on him. We could give you authority, Nate said, to be the spokesperson on our behalf. You can negotiate what our lawyers and brokers decide is in our best interest. You are not allowed to do anything other than what they say. Would you agree to that, Cyrus? He bowed his head. Whatever you want me to do, I'll be glad to help. Mabel gestured toward the door. If you would give us a moment to discuss and vote. Cyrus stepped toward the exit. Absolutely. He closed the door behind him, but he could hear well enough through the faux wood. After a moment, they called him back in. He made sure the digital recorder in his tie was running, then returned to the room. All right, Cyrus, Nathaniel said. We voted for you to take care of this in our interests. And, Mabel said, if you do a good job, Consider this an interview to be brought back into the pack as a partner to the Alpha. Cyrus stepped back. A twinge of wanting to be embraced by his family struck his heart. And then he crushed it. Thank you, Mabel. I will do my best. Cyrus, talk with our lawyers in the morning, and we'll meet again in a couple of days before we do anything further. Yes, sir. He left the building and got into his car. Before he cranked the engine, his phone rang. Did you hear it all? He asked. Loud and clear, came the reply. Now come back and we'll celebrate. His dick quickly thickened, thinking about how they were going to celebrate. Hey, we're back. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, everybody, you, um, heard snoring um, at the first part of this episode. My dog has been snoring so loud next to me this whole time. I think she has a cold, so I didn't hear it. That. I didn't hear it. 
So uh, out today is The Rebel King by Kennedy Ryan. Is this the final one in that series? I think so. I think, it, yeah. yeah, I think in the trilogy, those covers are so beautiful. I'm seeing them in my head right now. I'm thinking about it. And I love how the books came out like boom, 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 right? Yeah, she had the she them done. That. They did come out really fast. That's a Good great stuff. author right there, guys. Pick that up and, and, and make her keep doing that. <laughs> you want to incentivize <laughs> that, that behavior. <laughs> Hitching the Cowboy by Kennedy Fox is out today. And Alpha Heroes, a Me, Myself, and I collection by Fiona Davenport is out and uh, Mel do you know what that you know what that is yeah so like Fiona Davenport is Elle Christensen and Michelle Page when they write together so they each wrote a book and then they wrote a book together and they put it in this bundle so they're all three new books and Kindle Unlimited I don't know if it's 99 cents it might have been on release um so it's just three new stories from each of them short stories awesome. and I think it's featuring here it's, it's called Heroes Look. so I'm guessing they're all like cops or something oh, cool um, okay, so Millie Tayden is giving away a two-month subscription for Audible. Uh, you can go to readmeromance.com and enter to win. She, um, oh yeah, so, and definitely go pick up a copy of The Fae King. That's out right now. It's the first book in the Crystal Kingdom series. I read the blurb earlier. It sounds amazing. And yeah, so you want to get a fix of hers before, uh, while you're waiting for Friday's installment. So I think that's it. Does anybody have anything? That's it. Let's do it. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.